How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Shadowless Podcast. I am just but one of the hosts of this wonderful show. My name is Jordan Fringe, and I'm very happy that you are listening to us right now because I am here with, and as always, the wonderful, beautiful, and talented, real, breaking Nathaniel. Hey, I, I always love that you put beautiful in there. It makes me feel good. I'm glad. It, it makes me feel happy and warm it. inside. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're beautiful, too. Don't forget oh, that. Thank Don't you. forget that. But but we're not alone. We're not alone. <gasps> we're not? This this week, obviously, we announced last week uh, our very first ever special guest here on the Shadowless Podcast, and I couldn't think of a better first guest for the podcast. And we're not doing it typically... Uh, a lot of podcasts you see just like uh, you're just you here. I guess you can't see unless somebody has a hidden camera in here somewhere. Yo, who's um, in my room right now? Usually here on a podcast, like a segment interview, we're doing the entire podcast with the special guest. So this is uh, this is pretty intense. So it's not just Jordan and it's not just me, Real Breaking <gasps> Nate, but we're also joined by the one and only Hannah, a.k.a. Laughing Pikachu. Hi guys, what's up? Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be on, be your first ever special guest. I'm really honored. So thank you so much. No, I, I'm, I'm absolutely honored. Um, me too. Like I said, I, I couldn't think of a better, a better first special guest for the podcast. I mean, you're kind of a, you're a legend in the Pokemon card community. You really are. <laughs> I, I feel like that's too generous of an explanation, but thank you. I have been making YouTube videos for like five years now, so I'm definitely an old one on the block, but that's okay. I'm excited to be here and excited to talk about Pokemon. Yes, I'm excited that you're joining us for the entire podcast and not <laughs> yeah. just a certain part of it. Um, and everybody knows who you are. I mean, I, I've when we announced you last week, I, I've talked to a lot of, you know, big time collectors, hardcore collectors in the Pokemon community. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, we got laughing Pikachu on next week and everybody knows who you are. So really? It, it, wow. Okay. It's, I was not yeah. expecting that sort of reaction. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Everybody knows who you are. You are an absolute legend in the community, whether you realize it or, or not, you really are. So um, thank you for thank being you. on here. <laughs> thank you. And, and I'll get into this later, but, um, uh, no, I'm not going to discuss it now. We'll get into it later. Let's uh, <laughs> as much as I want to get into it now, but we'll get into it later. Um, let's. So we like to start off with uh, the Pokemon news. So the latest news going on in the Pokemon world, whether it be to collecting or just anything Pokemon related, we like to discuss that first uh, at the top of the podcast, and then we go into our nice long discussion about a certain topic or if there's a special guest like this week we like to talk to the special guest for that entire segment then we'll end with uh, a question or two from the uh, uh, audience and uh, our card picks of the week so jordan (laughs) yes hannah are should i call you hannah or laughing pikachu whatever you prefer i feel like most people know me as laughing pikachu so maybe that's the move but yeah, one works because <laughs> I, I keep wanting to say laughing Pikachu, but I'm like, is that weird? Did I say that? Because that's I mean, you that's know, what everybody I, knows you as. I, I feel like I'll respond to laughing Pikachu. Cause just most people know me as that. But 
Yeah. I mean, my real name is Hannah. If people didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Hannah person you keep saying? <laughs> so, Jordan. Laughing no, it's Pikachu. Jordan Fringe. Oh, so I'm... Guys, you got me all flustered now. <laughs> Jordan, laughing Pikachu, are you ready to start the news? Yes. yes. Okay, good. Let's get into it. <laughs> so we got the Pokemon Worlds. Obviously, we know the Pokemon World Championships is every single year. Um, and this year is a little bit different. We uh, already know that it's taking place in the UK. For the very first time ever, Pokemon World Championships are in the UK, in London. Uh, but this past week, we got the official dates announced for uh, Pokemon World. So now you can start booking your flights, you can start booking your hotels, because you know the official dates now. And that is going to be August 14th through the 16th at the Excel London. Hopefully I said that correctly. E-X-C-E-L-X-L london um Mm -hmm. and uh that's really all for the pokemon worlds as far as news but uh it's definitely some big news because if you're wanting to go now you know when to book your flight and get those passports and if you need a passport um jordan yes are you are you trying to head out to the worlds this year oh of course uh after how much fun this past one was which was easy for me to get to since it was literally like 50 minutes from where i live um this one you know you kind of have to fly over a a giant ocean and to a different uh country but yes i i I definitely am trying to go i want to rekindle the the fun times we had uh at the last one and just honestly hang out hang out in london yeah i I definitely want to try to go i need to get a passport um uh i've never been out of the country so i'm very nervous Really? Okay. You've never been I, out of the country. I did not no, know that. I've never I I haven't been on an airplane. So the first time I was on an airplane was in 2017. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anxiety like crazy. Oh. <laughs> but have uh laughing Pikachu, have you ever been to a Pokemon Worlds before? You know, actually I have not. Um and I always wish that I took time to just go to them because there's so many cool people there even if you like aren't playing in the games or whatever like I feel like there's just it's such a nice space to be in with just so many people who are so passionate about Pokemon so I don't know maybe I'll try and yeah. go to the one in London this year but that's definitely something that's a big yeah maybe <laughs> it, it, it is it is a maybe um we I don't know Jordan was that your first time at Worlds last year yes that was my first Pokemon yeah Worlds. it was mine too mm-hmm. um wow so it was great like I, I didn't even set foot in the uh, the tournament like room at all. The 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 fun to me was aside from going into the shop and spending all the money I had uh, was just hanging out like in in the times in between that and doing everything else with with all the other like minded mm-hmm. Pokemon fans. Like I think you said it best, um, laughing Pikachu. Like did the experience of just like being around all these like minded people who have the same interest and come from different backgrounds and or how they started collecting or what they're into like that that's the true fun of it for me was just being around so many cool people oh yeah, yeah and I, it, I think like almost to a sense like i think the youtube community like the youtube spaces that we've created like sort of are smaller smaller versions of like what pokemon world sort of is is like where i don't know it's just like a youtube itself is a cool space where there's just a bunch of people just passionate about pokemon and like usually people who like if you aren't interested in pokemon you wouldn't be watching like pokemon unboxing videos and so i feel like in a way like youtube sort of created that sort of space for me and so i don't know like it's definitely cool to see that like in real life there's actually a place where you can come together and meet up with just pokemon fans and so yeah definitely a cool absolutely 
I, I, I know when we were all there Saturday, um, mm-hmm. we didn't even, we didn't even, I don't think we even made it past like the doorway. No, like, <laughs> no, we didn't. Because it, because it was, uh, it was me and and Jordan and Leonhart mm-hmm. and Unlisted Leaf, mm-hmm. uh, and Super Duper Danny, mm-hmm. all together, and we just walked in, and I, I legit don't think we made it past the doorway. We were there, at the very front of it, pretty much all day long. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it was so, it was so much fun to just meet everybody. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's. It's there was so many people at Worlds, so That's many people. Awesome. Um, it's an experience like none other, and and <laughs> you, like we like you said earlier, you're like you don't have to go to play. There was plenty of people there that just hang out and mm-hmm. uh, meet other fans and like minded people. So um, if you haven't the opportunity to ever go to Pokemon Worlds, go to it or regionals or nationals. Um, obviously, Pokemon Worlds is like the biggest scale, but um, mm-hmm. nationals and regionals are uh, very huge as well. So, all right, yeah. l- let's go ahead and jump into the next one. We got. Uh, hopefully, there's some Pokemon Go fans out there. Laughing Pikachu. D- I'm not. You... I'm going to be honest. I don't play Pokemon Go. I played it. When did you the, ever like, get into it? Out. Yeah, I, I played it for like a little bit, but like right at the beginning when it started like crashing a bunch and there were just way too many people on it, like I already deleted it at that point. So <laughs> not to p- expose myself, but yeah, like I, no, I'm not no. huge into Pokemon Go. <laughs> no, the, the, there's a lot of people that aren't like huge into it. Um, I don't play it like hardcore, but I definitely mm-hmm. turn it on a few times a week. Um, and I, and I also don't live like in a city, so it's hard to play if mm-hmm. you don't live in a city, but, um, I definitely we do have, have some, mm-hmm. yeah, no, go ahead. I definitely have like lots of friends who are super into it. Like, it's so crazy. Like people will literally make like group chats at college of like, <laughs> just like people who like play Pokemon Go. They literally like don't even know each other, but they're just like, they all love Pokemon and love to play Pokemon Go. And so they will like meet up and like, I don't know, it's it's a very cool app that I wish I was more involved with, for sure. It's never too late. It's <laughs> never too late to get back into it. Um, it. It is a very interesting app because it brings it brings a lot of people together, um, new and old fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's people in, in my town that were introduced to Pokemon through Pokemon Go. Like they had mm-hmm. never been into Pokemon before Pokemon Go came out, so um, it definitely is kind of a gateway for people, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, for but sure. we do have some Pokemon Go news. We got Pokemon Go Safari. Um, we've never had a Pokemon Go Safari in the United States, uh, and they've announced two of them uh, this past week. They announced them. There's going to be one in St. Louis. That's March 27th through the 29th. Uh, and the tickets are on sale for that already. Uh, the kind of the big things at this Pokemon Go Safari is Unknown S and Chatot. Uh, Chatot is usually found in the Southern Hemisphere, so this is kind of a big deal that it's going to be in St. Louis, Missouri. And then they also announced one for Philly. That's May 8th through the 10th. Uh, tickets are not on sale for that one. And then there's going to be one in Liverpool. April 17th through the 19th. Tickets go on sale for that on January 30th. Um, For the Liverpool one, there is Unknown V and Relicanth for that one. Relicanth's a big deal because that one's a New Zealand exclusive. And Relicanth Mm -hmm. was actually at Pokemon Worlds last year. So 
that's kind of what's go- Jordan. Are you going to any of the safari events, or are you into Pokemon Go at all? Oh <laughs> uh, no, you're not into a Pokemon Go. <laughs> no, I, I I played it back in twenty you know twenty sixteen when it came out, and I was heavily into it for a few weeks. Um, and I know the game has like evolved and changed, and they've done so much. And I'm like a lot of my good friends are are huge into Pokemon Go, and a lot of them are some of the bigger creators on on YouTube who are doing it. And I always find it so fascinating everything they're doing or they're traveling for it. But I'm just I'm, for some reason it's like the game you always wanted when you were like younger. But yeah, it's here now. I'm just. For some reason, it hasn't hooked me. I don't know. You know, like it's, you said, there's always time to get back into it, and maybe I'll pick it back up. But I just it's it's Pokemon Snap in real life. <laughs> it is. It is. You're not wrong. You're, not, you're definitely not wrong. It's it's. I'm the one with the issue here. I'm the one who's just like, you know what? I got things to do. I could go play it, but now I got. I'm gonna go do other things. It's it's a me thing, not the game thing. There's nothing wrong with the game. I just okay. so haven't ju- given it a fair shot since 2016. So the game is fine. You just need to change yourself is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, I, I am the issue here. <laughs> okay, understandable. So I, I guess amongst the three of us, I'm really the only Pokemon Go player here. You're the expert here. Uh, I'm not the expert. Uh, I, <laughs> I would love to play more than I do now. But like I said, I live in I live out in the country. Uh, so there's Same. nothing pops up here. So I have to actually like make... A play date for myself <laughs> to go somewhere <laughs> where it's populated <laughs> and catch some Pokemon. Um, but they, uh, Niantic invited me out for Pokemon Go Fest last year in Chicago, uh, which well, I went awesome. to. So um, that seems I w- like it'd be fun. Like not, it is, regardless of just playing the game or not. Like just to see other friends from the internet. Um, who you, it really you know, was in, a, in a fun time, and I met a lot of fans there too. Like people were stopping me all the time while I was there, and it was great to see a lot of Pokemon card fans also playing Pokemon Go. So I absolutely had an, a blast while I was there, uh, and I would love to nice. go to St. Louis, but unfortunately the Saturday tickets uh, sold out really, really fast, Ooh. and that was about the only day that I could attend. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be going to that one then, unfortunately. But anyways, that's yeah. what we have for Pokemon Go. Nice. Let's move on to, uh, I got a whole nice list right here. Uh, what about something that dropped? So me and Jordan <laughs> talked about this last week, and then I think the news dropped in less than 24 hours after we got done recording the, the podcast. But uh, yep. Netflix is going to have a Pokemon movie. And Jordan, you you seem to be more <laughs> upset about this news dropping after the podcast than me. So why don't you yes. go ahead and talk about it? <laughs> it's because, listen, we, we put this out there, right? We're the ones discussing it because it was the big mystery of what happened to the release of this movie in the West, right? It, 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 it had a huge run last year in terms of, like, promotion in Japan. And then we got some items from the cards and, like, some, you know, promotional lunchbox and all that stuff here in, in their fall line of, like, releases, right? Very, very awesome stuff. Very excited for us. Like, okay, cool. Maybe we'll get similar to how the last few movies have done. A uh, small, limited theatrical release in certain theaters and then, you know, a home video release. No, nothing happened. Nothing happened with it at all. And I'm sitting here like, uh, are we just going to forget about this movie here? Or are we going to get it? And uh, literally, <laughs> my voice cracked right there. You can tell how <laughs> You're very how upset passionate about this. I am. Because <laughs> here's here's my theory. Listen, they heard us talking about this. And they're like, you know what? We didn't, we, we didn't release this in the West. They're right. And they're just like, ah, 
Netflix is <laughs> coming to Netflix on February 27th, which is an infamous day. February 27th is actually Pokemon Day. It's it the is. 24th anniversary. And if you don't, if you, for any reason, a lot of people may not know, uh, the reason that that day specifically is Pokemon Day is because it's the celebration of the original releases uh, in Japan for Pokemon Red and Green. So February 27th, 24th anniversary, that's the, uh, that's the reason behind that. So it's the 27th of next month. It drops on Netflix. You can watch it there. It's the CGI computer graphic looking version retelling with some slight changes of the original film Mewtwo Strikes Back because it's called Mewtwo Strikes Back evolution it's the same thing but a little bit a little bit different it's 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 supposed to be the same but just a little bit different and everyone has been either you love it you hate it and there's been a few in the middle that are just kind of indifferent about it right but it's it's either like oh you're really into this art style or what they're doing with it or you're just like "Eh, i i I, I don't really need this so i'm curious to see like where where everyone else here besides me is sitting on this because i'll say this I am excited because I always like different arts within a genre. Like, I like them experimenting and trying new things. Did it need to necessarily be a remake? No, they could have done this with a whole standalone movie doing something else. But I think this one's definitely going to tug on that nostalgia because uh, we're going to have to see, you know, all the, the the famous events from the original movie done again. Uh, and yeah. you, know, you, you know what happens in it and it's definitely probably still going to make me tear up and all that uh, but yes uh, I, I'm excited to just see what 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 happens you know I want to see all the new changes that that are in it and just kind of see the full animation they dropped a whole brand new trailer for it for Netflix and it looks very good in my opinion I think the the stuff that they're showing from the original that they've redone new footage of it looks fantastic. Uh, so I'm into it. But uh, what, what about you guys, whoever wants to uh, to jump in and, and talk I, about it? Laughing Pikachu, are you uh, <laughs> are you planning yeah. on watching a CGI Pokemon movie? You know, honestly, I feel like just because I watched the original movie, I'm going to want to watch this, even though I'm not a huge fan of like the graphics of all of this. Like, I feel like it just looks a little funny. But <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm still like it's Pokemon. I'm going to watch yeah. it. Let's be real. But like, I don't know. It like it makes me just feel I don't know how I feel about it. Like, it's not the best. Um, like when I envisioned like a Pokemon movie, like I felt like. I don't know. I really enjoyed like Detective Pikachu, and I, I don't know, like this type of animation. I just it, it, it makes it just seem kind of weird. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying, but I, I agree with you that like it's a Pokemon movie. I'm going to watch it. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. You know, um, anything that Pokemon does, I I give it a fair shot. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but I I'm glad that it's on Netflix um, because yeah. it, it it's easy access. Um, you don't have to really debate on like going to the movie theater. Like, do I want to spend whatever the price is, $12 to see it? Um, I I think Netflix is a good choice and a good route to go to release this movie. Um, because Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm sure it's like over 50% of every household has like Netflix, you know, or, you know, a friend who has a Netflix. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody has access to Netflix, uh, some Mm -hmm. way or the other. So, I think this is a good route to go, um, and I know I'll watch it. So it sounds like Laughing Pikachu's going to watch it, and Jordan's going to watch it. We'll all yes. probably end up enjoying it, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's still going to be good. I totally get like the whole off-putting part with the animation. It's yeah. definitely very jarring, and it definitely looks a little stiff 
you know, in, in terms of certain <laughs> movements of characters, but I don't know. It, it's, 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 it's pulling on the nostalgia, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's pulling me in. I love every, I think we all could say we love the original movie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So For it's, sure. it just, it just makes me want to go rewatch the original and then watch this one and just see what they've done new. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I eat it up. Pokemon literally can put, they, they know how to I'd, get to me. Okay. I have to they say know it, how to get to me. it makes me feel old though. Cause they're, they're remaking sure. <laughs> a movie that came out that I watched in the movie theaters when I was uh, younger. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I will give it a shot. Of course, I'm happy to see some Misty and Brock. So um, that'll that'll yes. be good. Um, but it sounds like we're all we're all gonna give it a shot and um, probably Absolutely. end up liking it. I mean, it's Pokemon. We love Pokemon. Yeah, I think that's so. the power of Pokemon. They can do pretty much anything with any cards or any movie. And if, there's just some big Pokemon fans out there that will support it regardless. And I think that that's also I don't know. So just something cool about Pokemon. Like exactly, there's so much nostalgia associated with the brand itself. And so with that, they can engage in so many more unique projects and be more experimental with things and still, I don't know, have more space to like, I guess, I don't know, potentially like not be the best product ever, but still have people supporting it. And so I think that no, I, th- that's worth a lot. That's, that's very well said. I mean, cause there's people out there that are going, I mean, I, I'll include myself in that group, the people out there that will be excited about anything Pokemon, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as they, whenever <laughs> they announce something, I'm just like, yes, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm totally for it. You know, um, I may not be hooked right away once it comes out, but I'm all for it. Definitely. So, all right. So we got that Netflix Mewtwo movie out of the way. Are you happy, Jordan? Yes. I'm very happy. You guys, hey, I just want to say to every listener out there who was wondering about the, you're welcome. This is because of us talking about it that they decided to like, you know what? Let, let's actually put this on something. And they said Netflix. So now if you have that, you don't have to pay any more money. You're welcome. That that's I'll take I'll take credit. Nate will take credit. It's art. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, all right, so let's uh, let's go into this. Actually, just dropped probably a few hours ago. So this Ooh. is uh, this is like fresh off the press. Um, so we're recording this podcast on Monday, and this will drop on Wednesday. But um, I don't know if either of you saw this, uh, but Pokemon Center. Uh, like PokemonCenter.com yeah. <laughs> is teaming up with Bear Walker to make a line of skateboards. Whoa. So yeah, I did not Bear, know about that. Bear Walker is uh is a pretty big pretty big name. Um mm-hmm. so this is a a pretty intense collaboration. So you can actually go to PokemonCenter.com right now. I'm typing it into my computer and you just scroll right down, and it says, A Sweet Ride with Bear Walker coming soon. And there is a total of five different skateboards to get, um, featuring some pretty, pretty crazy good artwork on them. Uh, we got Mewtwo, we got Gengar, of course we got Pikachu, Gyarados, and Charizard. Now, yes. obviously, Venusaur not getting any love. <laughs> yes. Venusaur, Venusaur never gets love. <laughs> um, but this, they're not for sale yet. This is just the announcement. And you can sign up for the newsletter to get an update when it goes up on uh, goes on sale. But there's a short little paragraph that says, Bear Walker is a master craftsman, uh, craftsman of carved wood skateboards, and he's partnering with Pokemon Center to create our first series of five limited edition 29-inch skateboards. 
each skateboard design features one of the world's most popular Pokemon. So this is uh this is kind of crazy. Like I've never been a skateboarder, but I'm kind of wanting to get these. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see like will these be more of like a collectible thing? It sounds like it's sort of like a limited. They might be more pricey than your average skateboard. And so like, are people actually going to be using these or are they going to be purchasing purchasing them with the intent of like keeping them in like mint condition and like for collecting purposes? Well, here's um, the thing with I'm going to go with, with what you said. I'm going to go with option number two for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're going to be collectibles uh, based just, yeah. I mean, you, you could, they, they show it with wheels and everything. Yes, you, you could technically ride them. But the way that it's carved in with the wood on top mm -hmm. of, like, the grip tape on the top definitely mm -hmm. would make it kind of hard as a traditional. Because I used to skateboard. Mm -hmm. uh, so as a traditional skateboard, there's really no grip to do many tricks on because it's covered up in beautiful art and different pieces of wood that's, like, multiple layered textures. So to, like, ollie or do any kind of flips, it's it seems like it'd be pretty difficult yeah, there, on these. There's definitely some texture on there. Yeah, there's, there's some depth with the wood to the, the grip, and I, I don't think it's – I wouldn't recommend trying it, especially when, like, an average built skateboard, I like at the minimum the, – the bare minimum of these are going to be each is about $100. But since mm -hmm. they're with, um, with Bear Walker and they're premium and they're going to be collectible, I expect these to be going probably between 120 and at the highest, the absolute most ridiculous, 200 the, like per board. And yes, I want them all. I got tagged in a tweet earlier <laughs> saying, hey, I expect to see you making a video about these and opening them. And I'm like, okay, that's a lot, that's a lot of money, right? <laughs> that's a lot of money for these. Uh, but they're beautiful. They're really cool. And the key word here is first series of five. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good so point. there's going to probably be more. <laughs> and this is I'm just gonna have a whole room dedicated to skateboards on the wall. Honestly, just this artwork. like I, I instantly thought like I want to get these take the wheels off and then put the boards on the wall in my studio. Mm. Oh, absolutely. That'd be yes. really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, they're beautiful. Uh, Brett Walker did an amazing job on this. Yeah. This is insane. Super cool. Absolutely insane. So and I do like the the choices for the first wave, Mewtwo, Gengar, Pikachu, Gyarados, and Charizard. I feel like that's a very, obviously, classic Kanto, um, but I feel like that's a good choice, a good lineup right there. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think these are the good ones to uh, to start it off with, at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just hope there's a Psyduck one next, <laughs> next round. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll write in a note. So, Brett Walker, <laughs> um, get that Psyduck in there. I'd appreciate it. Um, but I'm going I'm, to, as long as these aren't crazy... Um, with, when it comes to price, I'll, I'll definitely pick up some. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. It really depends on that price if it's like, okay, let's get them all, or like, let me get one right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so It's if, really going to depend. If, Jordan, if you had to pick out one, <sighs> Pikachu, Gengar, Mewtwo, Gyarados, and Charizard. I feel like such a, in a generic way, it's like the Charizard. Okay. It just has such a cool design, but... I really dig the Gyarados because it's the only blue one mm -hmm. and he's like only on kind of one side of it where all the other Pokemon kind of take up the middle of the board. Gyarados kind of just hugs the right side of the board and it just it just stands out to me for some reason the most. So it's probably between those two will be the one I'd want to get first. And Laughing Pikachu, I'm sure you would pick a Pikachu, right? 
You know, I'm looking at them right now, and surprisingly, like, as much as I love Pikachu, I think I would go with the Gengar one. It's, like, the oh. coloring on it just looks awesome, and I'm, like, not even a huge Gengar fan. Like, I personally, like, I think, like, it's not even on, like, Gengar's not even on my, like, top 10 favorite Pokemon, but I don't know. For some reason, that skateboard is, like, really speaks to me. I like the artwork of it. I like the coloring of it, and I just like Gengar's face on it. <laughs> That's nice. that's surprising. I definitely thought you were gonna go with the Pikachu. <laughs> okay, okay, interesting. Okay. expectations. The, the Gengar one is really, really nice. I uh, I like the smile on it, for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and those eyes, those menacing Gengar eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I would actually, I'd go with the Pikachu. I, I know that might sound generic of me to say, but um, it's a very clean look. It it is, like and like it. I felt like if I was displaying it in my studio um mm-hmm. i feel like it, it's just it, it's it's very pokemon if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah. yeah you have a room full of pokemon stuff you got a pikachu board up there on the wall it's very pokemon Absolutely. which one which one do y'all think is going to be more popular pikachu or charizard charizard <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like you put charizard on anything and it's like oh yeah honestly <laughs> honestly i'm gonna go on a limb and say mewtwo that's that's a fair point. I think Mewtwo's interesting as well. If you kind of look at the bottom part of it where the the cyball, the side mm-hmm. whatever it's mm-hmm. technically called, uh there's actually more jutted out wood to follow the circle that goes around the wheel. So it actually has a little bit extra like wood carving to it. I do see that. It expands that, yeah. the the base of it. It's very subtle, but it's 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 a little thicker at the bottom than any of the other boards uh because of that, which is cool they kept to the design mm-hmm. uh by doing that. Um so, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. But, yeah, that's a good point. I think Mewtwo definitely has a shot of being the most popular. It'll be interesting to see which one sells out first. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I probably I, still put more money on Charizard, but I, I'm not going to count out Mewtwo at all. That's a good choice. We'll have to we'll have to touch basis on this again once they go up for sale. <laughs> that's true. Also, the Pikachu one is the only one that has a little, you know, energy symbol on that's it. True. That's true. Yeah. So maybe I'm thinking Pikachu also has a pretty fair shot. I think the least two sold ones. I think the least, unfortunately, I think the least sold one is going to be the Gengar. I think more for me, no problem. That no, that's there. You go. (laughs) You get the whole, the whole, the whole rest of them. Uh, But like that Gyarados one, I think is going to catch some people's eye because it's the one that stands out the most, like uniquely to Mm -hmm. me, just because it's so different from the others. But. I still I was, have money on Charizard. I was going to look on their Pikachu. Instagram and see if they had a date for these, but I don't think they do. I couldn't find one when I looked earlier. I almost like I thought they were for sale at first, and I was like, oh, no, they're just announcing it. Yeah, I think it's just uh, the announcement. But I'm excited to see when they do drop them. That, that price point's going to determine. Oh, okay, wait. I got some info. <gasps> Ooh, breaking news. Okay. Um, this is actually on Bear Walker Official on Instagram. Ooh, okay. So it says, this has been in the works for months. So I'm very proud to announce our official collaboration with Pokemon Center. We are releasing five Pokemon designs, 150 of each. Do you realize mm. how limited that is? Oh, God, these are going to sell it so quick. It's, it's either you buy it now or never when they when they launch. <laughs> Complete with a certificate of authenticity. Wow. Um, a lot of passion and attention to detail went into what I feel are the best boards to come out of my shop. Each board was approached with the intention to innovate. Series one of this collaboration will be available February 11th, oh. 2020. 
Ooh, how much? That's what's going to determine it. Like, I'm down. I'm ready with, to buy at least one. With that low a quantity, it's going to be – it's got to be like a $200 board. Yeah. And rightfully oh, so. The craftsmanship is amazing. So $200 is very warranted. But are you ready to drop a grand? I didn't say or I was ready to a drop grand. a grand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to drop 200 maybe 400 <laughs> I'll, I don't know. Fine. But, For a video, I'll drop the grand, okay? <laughs> Honestly, like, realizing, seeing, hearing the quantities now, 150, it almost makes me kind of want to drop the grand. I mean, we're, saying, we're saying that they're going to be $200. We don't know that for sure. So Yeah, we don't know. It, it's kind of making me want the whole set now, realizing that there's 150. That's crazy, though. Are they going to be released on the Pokemon Center website, you think? Or yeah. Where? Okay. Yeah. So it, they're going to like crash the website. That many people fighting for such a limited amount of boards. It might because um, when uh, Funko teamed up with Pokemon to release a day with Pikachu stuff, um, sometimes that freezes the website when they release those every month. Yeah. And, and those are definitely in more quantities than 150. Yeah. Those are yeah, those, those are probably in the quantities of like thousands. Yeah, and they were still a pain to get. I can only imagine when they do the EV line, if they do that EV line that's rumored. Yeah, I mean, so these are going to be on PokemonCenter.com. It's uh, a collaboration between the two. So this is going to be insane. Um, we'll, I guess we'll talk about this on the weeks leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe we'll get Bear Walker on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bear, come on. Talk about them. Come here. You know, and then bring free samples. I might have to send an email out after this. We'll see, we'll see if we can get Bear Walker on here. Dun dun dun! All right, let's uh, let's go into the next one. We got uh, I got two more things uh, here on the news. Um, one of the things I want to touch uh, talk about real fast um, is the the set evolutions. We all remember the set evolutions, right? For sure. Back mm-hmm. in X Y era, um, you know, kind of the reprint of base set essentially. Um, you like you like evolutions there, Jordan? Love it. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? No. Do you no. like it better than Steam Siege, though? Yes. <laughs> okay. Very, very much so. <laughs> what did you think about Evolutions, Hannah? Oh, laughing no, Pikachu, sorry. <laughs> I, I actually genuinely enjoyed that set. Like, I feel like it brought in so many collectors who, like, were around when Pokemon like first released like base set and they hadn't touched Pokemon in so long. And I remember when I was doing unboxings on the channel, I would get so many comments from people saying like, oh, I used to collect Pokemon like back in the day. And then this was a set that like brought me back into collecting. And so, I don't know, for that, like, I feel like it ha- I have a special appreciation for that set. But Definitely. I don't know, I think from the XY era, it's one of my favorite ones, actually. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Can I put an addendum on, on my comment? I don't want people to think I just hate this set. Uh, I very much enjoyed the set at launch. And enjoyed collecting the set. I'm just tired of it in 2020. <laughs> I'm tired and, of seeing it. And, and that's why I'm, I'm about to talk about this. So, but, yeah, so I did like it. Don't I don't want people <laughs> no, coming it, after me. I love the set. Okay. It's it's um. But but like you said, laughing Pikachu. It, it brought a lot of people back into the TCG. It got mm-hmm. a lot of people um, that were collecting back in the 90s, early 2000s. Uh, reintroduced back to Pokemon cards or even the Pokemon brand in general. So this definitely was a very revolutionary uh, set in Pokemon TCG history. Uh, And the the reason why I'm bringing it up is because um, 
there is a Pokemon content creator uh, on YouTube by the name of Pat Champ Pokemon. And I've actually done a collaboration with Pat Champ Pokemon back in 2018, I think. Extremely, extremely nice guy uh, from the UK. But he attended uh, the Toy Fair uh, over in, I think it was in London last week. Mm-hmm. And he had um, asked them why they were still putting Evolutions packs in box sets. And oh. their reply was, it's still the best-selling Pokemon set of all time. Wow. Oh, wow. So okay. still right now, it's the most-selling set. That's We got to the bottom of it. So, um, And that's from Pat Champ Pokemon. Uh, on YouTube. so And I highly recommend you go check out his videos. Uh, he does great work. He's always uploading new stuff. So Pat Champ Pokemon on YouTube. And, and that's some great information right there because I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Sure. Uh, that's really good information, actually. So that... I mean, that, that makes sense. That it does. does. That, you know, it does make sense why they, you know, threw it in that Meowth box, made it $30. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, when I was at my uh, local shop the other day, um, they have the you know the Meowth uh, V boxes on on the the shelf there, and they mm-hmm. like yeah I can't believe it's thirty dollars because I said there's a hidden fifth pack in there in the back. They're like what? It's like yeah look there's a hidden evolutions in the back to the right, and they're like what? I'm like yeah that's that's how they got that extra that extra. But you're also you know, make it thirty in there. But to be fair, you're also getting a Pokemon V and a Pokemon V Max in the box. True. So, so usually in the box you can just get one promo. In this one you're getting two. But you also get evolutions pack. <laughs> why? Why is I'm, evolutions I'm so, the extra pack though? Maybe maybe cosmic eclipse is the extra pack. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> but but Pokemon Pokemon still even in even even ending this generation, going into the new one, they're still including the the sets that they have a lot of extra of, right? So like, there's they're throwing in evolutions, making sense now that it's the highest, you know, the the most selling series out there, the set. But they're still like in the Sand Shrew box or the Sand Slash box that just came out, right? There is a Steam Siege pack in there, uh, and then in an upcoming pin collections that we're getting for Sword and Shield that come with three packs, you get two packs of Sword and Shield base, and then a Sun and Moon base. Uh, like, I, I feel like like I get evolutions now completely. I get it. It's nostalgic. It's bringing people in. It sells a lot. Beautiful, but. Can we can we move on from the Steam Siege and the Sun and Moon base already? Because well, like, well, I trying think, to move past. I, I think my so my thinking behind that is, if I remember correctly, and I could be totally wrong about this, um, but I think Steam Siege was released around the time Pokemon Go came out. Hmm. So yeah, it was in August, right after. Yeah, so I think there was just a lot printed of Steam Siege, um, to make way for all the the Pokemon fans uh, that were coming back into the the franchise or that were being introduced to it for the very first time. So they just wanted to make sure that there was a bunch of stock of it. I don't know. That's just my guess. Um, but I feel like that's a pretty good guess. I mean, it's a fair assumption. And I, I think mean, I, I can even apply that to Sun and Moon base because it's the set right after Evolutions. So for any of the people who just got back into it, I'm sure they just transitioned over into the new stuff right away. So I, I can understand it. Come At on, least it's, it's so, Sun and Moon base isn't isn't that bad though. It, I don't. That's that me and that set. No, if you want to talk <laughs> about a set that I just I don't like because I've opened hundreds of packs and I've literally pulled almost nothing ever. Yeah, I you don't, know what me, I me remember Sun from Moon Sun and Moon base, base set. 
I remember, and I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this, uh, Laughing Pikachu, mm -hmm. didn't you um, make a video on like... Yeah, those booster boxes, the, the they booster were boxes, up. Yeah, they were mapped out. Yep. Like you could map them out. Yeah, the, so yep. they that was like the first print run of the boxes, I think. But you could literally like tell exactly where ultra rares were going to be. And I think you could tell where the hollows were too. And it was just like, I guess they just weren't careful when they were printing and they didn't work or they didn't like randomize the packs very well. And so that was like a huge problem. And but because I think another issue with that was like then you would have like card stores who would like open up, you know, and let people just come in and buy loose packs and people would come in and they would just map out the boxes and take all the good stuff. And so it was, that was a big problem, I think. Um, it, it was. And we Absolutely. don't, we haven't seen that problem since. So yeah, uh, that's luckily good. that's, luckily. it's definitely been fixed, but I definitely I still remember, wish they'd, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I definitely remember watching that video on your channel. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause I was like, was... what? This is insane. I got to get a booster box. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, uh... I think the one thing that they do seriously, and it still goes into Sword and Shield with their with any of the packs, uh, but the biggest thing is the codes telling you if you're going to get mm -hmm. something or not. Uh, that, we seriously just, like, please, just make it one... Just, I know it's for weighing, right? But I'd much rather... Because when you're dealing... You really only deal with the weighed packs when you're dealing with resellers. Yeah. Uh, so, please, I'd rather deal with the, the chance of a weighed pack than than not than knowing if I'm gonna pull something or not. Well, don't look at just the make code. it a color. It ruins. Well, like, <laughs> but it's but it's there. It's just there, and you don't you never know because like sometimes in a booster box it's different than like a, a three pack where like the cards facing one way or the other. So you just sometimes you just see it, all I've, right? And I and I'm tired I've, of seeing it. You, learned... you have a method where you don't see it. Yeah, but I, I don't, some of us I don't aren't trained all. like you. Okay. <laughs> And I'm tired of knowing or having the audience know or, or or anything like that. It should just be a complete mystery. So, like, just make it one solid color. It, it, it doesn't matter. Or, or figure out a way to do something else with the weighing of the packs. But, like, it's once once that happened, like, I just feel a lot of the, well, the I think, mystique went away. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I think you're coming at it from, like, more of a content creator. <laughs> Absolutely. Aspect. But even if I was like a, a kid, right? Even if I was like a, a younger kid, right, who may not watch YouTube or, or know about that, I'm just buying cards, right? And I get that pack and, and I know about this, right? Because I see it, like, and I get, and I open the pack and I see a green, you know, right away for mm -hmm. the code. I'm disappointed. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to pull anything. I, I totally agree with Jordan there. Like, I feel like the fun in opening Pokemon packs is the fact that you don't know what you're going to get in the pack. And so when you're cracking open a pack and you see the color of the code just like on accident, you already know if it's going to have something good or not. Like, it ruins an aspect of the fun. Oh, definitely. I guess yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm biased. I'm coming at it from a content creator's perspective, too. But I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that was one thing I did not appreciate Pokemon doing when they were trying to, I guess prevent people from weighing packs like i don't know there's surely a better way to the, approach that there, i feel like there's got to be a way out there to to fix it because we definitely don't want people weighing packs that's a huge huge issue like mm -hmm. i i remember when that was going on when people were yeah. were weighing packs like mm -hmm. i didn't want to go and pick up a pack from my local walmart or target or anything like that because mm -hmm. um the chance of it being weighed. And I specifically remember going into Walmart and seeing a guy with a scale weighing all these packs. And and like, he just no. had stacks and stacks of them and he was weighing every single one of them. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not coming back to this Walmart for the next 
three months because he's already weighed yeah. them all. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'd rather I'd rather it be green and white codes than people weighing packs because it just and it got me and I hardly ever get angry, but it just got me so angry not from not from like uh oh man I want to buy booster packs, but for unsuspecting people out there that don't know this or they are getting into Pokemon for the first time or for a kid that maybe saved up his money to buy a couple booster packs and you know somebody's came by and weighed all of them you know it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a very frustrating thing but there has to be some sort of middle ground to where we can prevent weighing but also not spoil what is inside of the booster pack when you open it up maybe within the code cards themselves um, similar to how they do with like hollows or anything within there's always like another layer that makes it heavier right in that specific card mm-hmm. uh, what if all the code let's say all the code cards are just the white and green ones right mm-hmm. and within packs that don't have anything right in those code cards maybe there's an extra little layer in the code card that makes it a tiny bit heavier to make the weight equal distributed uh, between any of them and here's my theory of why that could make sense to them to invest in that is because they're already investing in printing two sheets of different colors, right? Now you can invest in one thing and just kind of split it. It kind of equals itself out the time of splitting it into some that have an extra layer and some that don't versus printing out multiple colors of the the codes. So my question is like with Dollar Tree packs, like those are – those don't have code cards that have like different colors in them, and so yeah, how do they people prevent people them. from they don't. those? They just they, don't. They, they don't. don't. Yeah, people, and it's a it's a very big issue. Uh, people mm. going in and just weighing the entire box. I mean, um, I've I've become, um, I don't want to say like friends, but like I've I've come to know a lot of the people that work at the Dollar Tree, and so mm. when I go in to buy booster packs, they'll be like, "Hey, somebody came by and already weighed all these." Um, like they'll give Why me, don't they just they'll give me the heads up. The person like, from weighing them say, "Hey, you can't do that." Like, <laughs> don't do that because I, I don't think it's against the policy, though. Like, you're not stealing anything. It may not it, it hmm. technically no, but it's it falls more into like the unethical. It you is. know, it's like that's like no, we don't like. I think that's more up to like a store's discretion of because it's your if if you're the manager of that store, you could say, "Hey, be on the lookout for this." You know, just, hey, if you see it happening, just tell them please not to. Or just, you know, have mm-hmm. them behind the person who's uh, who's who's working the, the cash register. Don't just have them out somewhere where someone can just kind of sit behind a shelf and, and weigh them. You know, something like that where someone else has to grab them for you. Like, hey, can you get me I, five packs out of that box? I say, I don't know if this is possible, but for the whole code card situation, I say mm-hmm. eliminate the code card out of the booster pack. <gasps> and just print the code on the inside of the wrapper Ooh. but wouldn't we Subtle. still have like packs that you can weigh then because if we don't have codes that are of different weights how does how does that, that eliminate the weighing problem no you're right <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll edit that part out the moral of the story is do broad. not weigh anything do not try to cheat the system that is very very not cool and obviously mm-hmm. none of us here condone that at all so don't yeah, be ruins one of... the experience for everyone exactly else. don't be one of those people weighing booster packs that's not cool not cool at all yeah um all right let's go into the last bit of news um we obviously sword and shield is the new big set coming out 
and yes. pre-releases started this past weekend. So lots of people going to pre-releases, lots of people uploading pre-release openings on YouTube. And I think uh, maybe you did. I did. I did. Yes. Um, I pulled a pretty crazy card inside of that. Um, one that I think is probably going to be one of the most valuable cards from the set. There you go. You got a head start. Uh, secret rare quick ball. Whew. Intense. Ooh. Intense. Um, but just kind of wanted to talk about like initial initial thoughts on the set. And um, one thing that's very important to note and uh, I think you can, uh, I think you can kind of agree with this, Laughing Pikachu, is mm-hmm. that when a set comes out, um, the cards that end up on eBay are not oh, really yeah. the true value of the cards. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I used to make like videos where I was just like predicting what I thought like card values would be for like new sets as they were releasing and. That's like, I don't, that's something I don't understand. Like, why are people willing to pay so much more for a card when, like, if they wait two weeks, it'll, the, everyone knows it's going to go down. Like, so I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Extremely down. Like, we're not just talking a few bucks. We're talking like 50%. Usually, if not more, I'm, it's usually like a fifth of the price sometimes. Like, obviously, if it's like the rarest card from the set, then sure, it probably still holds a good value. But mm-hmm. I've seen, like, even more, like, easier you know, V or V maxes. And it's mm-hmm. like, you could just wait and you're going to, it's not going to be more than like 15 bucks. Like you're, you're going to spend $60 now, but three weeks you're, you're good to just <laughs> like, spend 15. I, I looked on eBay, um, mm-hmm. at just some of the cards from sword and shield that were mm-hmm. released or, or there, you know, from obviously pre-releases going on. Um, the Zacian V and the Zamazenta V, the gold versions, uh, they were going for like, Ninety dollars. Oh my gosh! Like sold. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, and and I don't know how much that price is going to drop or if it will drop, but I would assume it's probably going to drop. I'd say just a little, just a little bit. I know I know on like that specifically, like like the the dog gold cards. I know they're some of the more sought after cards for this set, so I know they're going to have a decent value. I mean, who knows? Maybe they are going to be around those prices, uh, but <laughs> m- most likely not. You're probably looking at about half that, I would say, on those. You're probably looking at more in the thirty to forty-five dollar range. I'm, I'm just this is going. This is just basing it off of other things I've seen. I have no inside information. I have no anything aside from reading the market and how I've seen other stuff happen before. So I just. I mean, okay, I'm on eBay know. right now. There's. One listing for a Zacian V Secret Rare Gold card for ninety nine dollars. Buy it now. Wow. And I'll I'll wait. Yeah, I think I would definitely. <laughs> wait. I'm going to look at sold listings. Wait a little bit. Um, and the sold listings are not that much lower. One sold a day ago. Oh t- no, one sold today for eighty dollars. Oh. Uh, another one sold on the twenty fifth for ninety nine dollars. Wow. So it's uh, that's crazy. It's crazy. the 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 prices of these cards when they the set first gets released, the the prices are always always insane. So and, it, and it's 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 this way. Like just for anyone who may not understand why it's like this, specifically right now and like during these pre releases, as cards are kind of slowly spreading their way out there, the set isn't officially released. 
Yeah. And that's why these cards are worth the money. It's because they're technically not available to the mass public yet. And mm-hmm. once they are, that's like give it a day or so after they come out, prices will shift and everything will kind of go back down once more have been pulled, once they're more accessible. But right now it's the, oh, you don't have this because you can't get it money right now. That's yeah. what they're at. Uh, but like I said, it's literally just, it's it's what, uh, two weeks away from launch? It's uh, February 7th is the release date. Um, yeah, just wait a little bit but, longer. And if you're not going to spend all your money on those skateboards releasing after that, then <laughs> then save it for buying packs. Don't don't spend 90, 80, 90 bucks on these cards Pre- right now. Pre-releases are fun to go to. Go to them. Yeah, I mean, we still absolutely. have another. If you can do that. Sure. We have another absolutely. weekend of pre-releases ahead of us, and um, they're my favorite things to go to. I absolutely and prices love will go down next week after once there's a second wave of pre-releases uh, prices since more will be on the market then the prices will drop down a bit mm-hmm. uh, once once more hit the the way and then the week after when it releases well all that value goes right to what it probably should be at have you yeah, ever been another to... another yeah. oh sorry no you, yeah go, go for it I think another benefit of like going to pre-releases is even if you don't pull something amazing, like there's so many people there opening up so many packs, someone's going to pull something cool and then you can trade for it and you don't have to go and like buy it or spend money on it. Exactly. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't understand why people would be willing to spend that much on like a car just to get it a week earlier on eBay. Did you, uh, did did you go to pre-releases pretty frequently? Laughing Pikachu? Yeah. So I I used to, I, I mean, I haven't, I didn't go to the ones for the, like recent sets but yeah. yeah when the channel was like peaking i i went to like every single pre-release and um i yeah like i, I really enjoyed them there's so many cool people i got to know like people who own the card shops too and i don't know it's just i feel like pre-releases like you're already there to like experience a new set and so it's already like a really exciting time and then just to be surrounded by so many people who are there just excited about the same thing as you like it's it's a cool space it really is and it's uh it's, it's not too bad of a deal either. It's like $25. Yeah. You get that pre-release mm-hmm. kit, and um, usually you get about three packs after the tournament's mm-hmm. over with. So, I mean, seven packs for 25 bucks, and you're getting the cards okay. early. Sounds like a good yeah. deal to me. Yep. So, um, and then, Jordan, maybe one day you'll get to attend a pre-release. Yeah, maybe <laughs> one day. <laughs> I've only ever been to one pre-release for cards ever and it was i was a lot younger and it was for a different card game that shall not be named on this podcast yeah we only talk about pokemon on here okay yes get your get your other brands out of here <laughs> listen i have nostalgia nostalgic love for other things too okay the the furby podcast is right after this one <laughs> is that is that before or after the beanie baby one uh it's it's right before the beanie baby podcast just don't let me oh that's a different market let me tell you and get get, get ready for the pog podcast oh no God, listen there's so there's so much do you so know you realize that pogs kind of made a little bit of a comeback yeah they were in they were like in targets for a while this past year I think there's always going to be a part of a generation that brings them back because <laughs> there's, there's something about them. It's, it's, it's the collecting of almost anything circle and, and the game was so easy to play pieces of circular <laughs> cardboard. <laughs> That's all it takes. It's like, all right, we don't have anything to make a game with. Okay. We have a bunch of circles. What do we do? Okay, stack them up, <laughs> put, put skulls on them, <laughs> put a skull on it and make it hollow. Now it's rare. All right. Well, um, Sword and Shield, it's looking like it's going to be a great set, and I've seen a lot of people coming back to the card game because of Sword and Shield. 
I've seen a mm-hmm. lot of this on Instagram. Um, a lot of people getting back into it. And the, I think the thing is, is with a new generation, people always view that as a fresh start. Like now is my time to jump back in because it's the beginning of a generation. Because um, it always seems a little bit easier to start at the beginning of a generation than the middle of one. So uh, we're seeing a lot of people jump back into collecting and playing. So uh, this is going to be, I think Sword and Shield is going to be very revolutionary in the Pokemon TCG. I'm loving it. Uh, I went to the pre-release this past weekend. Um, I got a secret rare quick ball. You can see the video on my channel, Real Breaking Nate, shameless plug. And uh, pulled some pulled some other ultra rares as well. So it was a good time. Good time. So if you want to attend, attend a pre-release, Go to Pokemon.com, go to the Play Events section, and then type in your zip code and fill out all the other information, and you should be able to find a pre-release tournament. And I suggest when you do find a pre-release tournament, you call the card game shop and reserve a spot um, because pre-release spots do go very, very fast. Uh, So you don't want to end up not being able to get a spot, unfortunately. So that's all we have for the news. And now... What I've been waiting for. We're just we're just we're just gonna talk. We're just gonna talk. Gonna talk. Laughing Pikachu, I got so many things that I wanna ask you. All and right. uh <laughs> I, I'm hopefully hopefully I don't get emotional during any of this. If I do, I'll hopefully back away from the microphone. <laughs> um I already I feel like I'm emotional. kind of getting emotional already. <laughs> I haven't started talking about this. But before we jump in, we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify, wherever you're listening. Um, please, um, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, make sure you leave a, a rating and a review. You guys have been killing it when it comes to these reviews and ratings. So um, please, please, it helps out the podcast very, very much. And as Ooh. always, if you want to submit a question, shadowlesspodcast at gmail.com, or if you just want to say a couple nice words, or if you just want to say something mean, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> shadowlesspodcast at gmail.com. So anyways, let's get into this. Jordan, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. And Laughing Pikachu, you're ready, right? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> okay. We'll find it, out. It'll be it'll be a good segment. So you're the, you're the very first guest uh, ever on the podcast, and... Uh, the reason why, uh, I think for me personally, um, mm-hmm. why there is no other better guest to be the first guest on this podcast is because you were the very first ever mm-hmm. content creator to reach out to me to do a collaboration ever. And I'm so glad that I did. Like it has been so great just getting to know you and I don't know, just building the Pokemon community with you. Like, and just seeing where your channel is now and all the cool things you're doing, like I, I'm so happy that um, way back when I reached out and it's, it's been awesome. So I'm thank you for for everything you've done for the community. It, it's, no, it's no, awesome. thank you, thank you because it, it is it's. I remember, I don't I don't even remember what my subscriber count was at the time. I it I know it definitely wasn't a whole lot. It was it was probably like ten thousand maybe around that mark. And, um, I just remember receiving an email from you one day and was like, Hey, you know, I saw your channel and I'd love to collaborate with you. And, you know, we kind of worked out the details and I legit was freaking out. I was freaking out cause I was like, Oh my God, this is so many people are probably gonna see my channel now. Like 
Um, mm-hmm. and I, I was I was legit freaking out, and I was so nervous at the same time because I was like, <laughs> I can't screw this up. I can't screw this up. This has to be perfect. Um, but I will I will never ever forget that ever forget that. So thank you so much uh, for for reaching out to me and giving me a shot. No, for sure. I think that that was something that I definitely tried to do a lot on the channel. Like I realized, you know, when the channel was especially like at its peak and growing really quickly, like I realized there were so many other people that were doing amazing things on YouTube too. And I wanted it very much to be something that I I could grow with people. And, you know, I think that through that process, I've made so many awesome friends and it's been such a rewarding experience. So definitely would do it over again and continue to reach out to you and other amazing people um, for sure because it's it's been so rewarding all right so I got my crying out of the way <laughs> uh, I just want to I just want to add on to something here um, I've been there's once upon a time I talked about this in the and you know the initial episode uh, something about you know Nate and I and how like we originally first met back in 2016 mm-hmm. um, and Nate was the first person to ever reach out to me mm-hmm. to do a collaboration video. We're both around the same size, about two, 3000 subscribers, something mm-hmm. like that. And this was like, right as I was about to take a break uh, for a while from YouTube and mm-hmm. specifically from like Pokemon and all that stuff, like at least making videos on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were one of the first channels out there that I was watching as, really? as well. Wow. Uh, and I, you, you definitely, uh, set the the tone and and the movement of a lot of people to to kind of openly express Mm -hmm. their their love for pokemon (laughs) or to talk about it or to not be kind of like not not ashamed is the right word but kind of like you feel like the older you get it may not be like the coolest thing Mm -hmm. to talk about and it definitely let a lot more people be themselves online and just kind of just talk about something they love and to see that kind of spread like I think you're definitely generation one (laughs) when it comes to that like you're you're the gen one of doing this and it kind (laughs) of passed the torch down and there's so many amazing people out there and new people every single day that are finding their voice and who Mm -hmm. they are and expressing their love for it and definitely like I got to watch Nate you know grow um, like I said, you know, from, you know, where, from where he was to where he is now mm-hmm. and to see how positive he's been and how positive you've been. It's like you guys set and our have and have been setting positive examples and being pretty great role models for a community of all ages and, and all generations of Pokemon fans. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important um, to, to let that be known because it may be different when. It, you're kind of on the inside looking out for the people on the outside looking in because you have inspired a lot of people to to start doing this or to get back into Pokemon mm-hmm. or for all of that. So I definitely don't like I don't think anyone takes it for granted what you guys have been able to do and and, and how it's been such a huge blessing upon, you know, Pokemon fans to to be here because of what you guys have done and, and have started. Mm-hmm. Thank That's you. very nice. It's very nice. I, I, I need a <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try not to sniff because I've been crying. <laughs> I told you I was gonna take five. I was gonna cry, and I, I I I cried like at the very beginning of this talking about it. So, um, laughing Pikachu, why do you gotta go? Kind of kind of tell us like why like mm-hmm. it's a it's a very bittersweet thing, but um, yeah. it, it's you're going out on good terms. So yeah, if, for if, sure. For um, anybody that hasn't I'm, heard, kind of mm-hmm. explain. Yeah. So. Basically, I announced 
at the beginning of January that I'm going to be stopping just video production and not going to be doing any more Pokemon card unboxings. And um, yeah, currently going through a very short, like, four-part series of just, like, celebrating the channel and five amazing years of creating content. But um, yeah, basically, to summarize, I, I think it's just I'm at a point in life where, um, as sad as it is, like... I'm just starting new things. I'm going to be starting work full time. I'm going to be graduating from college. And so it just felt like, um, I don't know, a fitting time to, I guess, close that chapter, that amazing chapter of my life um, and, and start something new and create time to invest in, in other things. But uh, yeah, definitely, like, as we said, like not going out on bad terms or anything. Like, I think yeah. YouTube, the platform itself is going it, to, it's amazing and it continues to create so many incredible opportunities for people um, whether that's just with Pokemon card unboxings or so much other things like I think it really allows a new generation of people to turn into mini entrepreneurs and you know create businesses out of things that they're just genuinely passionate about and I think Pokemon is a brand that I will always have so much respect for and so much love for and so um, definitely like very much appreciative of both of those platforms and you know both of those companies and but yeah, just I think it was just it was a time where I felt like I felt comfortable moving on. Um, and I think that one thing that makes me really excited is there's so many great, you know, new creators like obviously you um, and just there's there's so many people out there creating content where I yeah. feel like that people will continue to spread the message message of like it's OK to love Pokemon regardless of who you are and where you are in life. And I think that. Um, for that, like, I'm really appreciative that I feel so confident that there's great people out there who will continue to spread that message on my behalf. Well, it, it definitely, uh, you will be missed 100%. <laughs> um, absolutely. And I, I, I'm glad to see that you're going out on, uh, on terms of essentially just starting a new chapter in your life. You know, <laughs> it, it's not like you were you were forced out or anything like that. And, you know, you're just kind of like, you know, you know, I got a job and graduating college and all that. <laughs> yeah. um, so did, did you ever see yourself wanting to do YouTube mm-hmm. full time for the rest of your life type of situation? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so like when, so get to back it up a little bit, like the channel was created when I was in high school, actually, I was a junior in high school. Um, and like by the time I graduated senior year of high school, I had like over a hundred thousand subscribers. The channel was getting like millions of views a month, which was a really big deal for me. Like I would have never expected that. Like I was just a kid recording videos on my iPhone and doing a terrible job editing videos and trying my best to just put something out there. And it, it was just like, it was crazy. And it was at that point where I was actually making more than my high school calc teacher. We were like jokingly <laughs> comparing salaries. And I was like, yeah, I make more from ads um, than I could have ever imagined. And it was just, it was crazy. And um, yeah, like it was at that point where I realized I either need, or I either have the option of potentially trying to pursue this full time um, and, you know, actually going ham and, um, just dedicating enough time to stay on top of the news and stay on top of you know the latest products and try my best to be the first to get everything and get it uploaded and uh, just turn it into like something I devote all my time to or I can go to college and if I do go to college I can still try and make videos but I knew like as soon as I made that decision if I was if I were to go down that route I wouldn't be able to make this same level of content that I was 
that was needed to like stay on top of the whole like Pokemon community and like be competitive. And so, yeah, I think at that time, another thing that was happening was we had that whole like adpocalypse happen where yeah. a lot of the ads um, or a lot of the ad rates just went down um, because of just things that were happening on YouTube. And so I think it was at that moment I decided like, oh, I, I don't feel comfortable um, trying to pursue YouTube full time. And so I, it was at that point where it became just purely a hobby. And I realized I was never going to like view it as a career, even though it was something that I was still really passionate about. And so, yeah, I started college and um, the actually the first year of college, the channel still did very well, surprisingly. Um, and so I was just at class and, you know, in running organizations, but also making Pokemon videos on the side. Um, but yeah, with life just got busier and classes got more complex. And um, I started working like part time um, while going to school and stuff too. And so I feel like just the quality of the videos went down over time and it just I wasn't producing like the same level that I wanted to um, and so I think that was a big factor in the decision of like ultimately deciding to um, step down from YouTube Do, did you ever did you ever like once you got to college did you ever mm -hmm. feel like at some point that you're like oh I I wish I would have did YouTube full-time like did you ever like kind of have a, a second a second thought about it you're like oh did I make the right decision mm -hmm. yeah no that's a that's a really great question um I think when I was making that decision of like do I want to do this full-time or not that was one of my biggest fears is like what if I make this decision and like after that it's like really hard to go back it's hard to like revive a mm -hmm. channel once it like starts to go down a little bit um and so I was like what if I will regret this forever and um I think my answer to that is surprisingly as nervous as I was to make that decision no I, I don't think I regretted it. I think that like through college, I've been blessed with just so many incredible opportunities that I wouldn't have had the chance to experience um, if I had decided to do full t YouTube full time. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but th that was definitely like a big like concern of mine and something I was um, definitely like lost a lot of sleep over when trying to make that decision. <laughs> Understandable. Um, yeah. But but yeah, like I I I don't think I would do it a different way um, if I could go back and relive it, but it's definitely something I'm still really thankful for. Uh, and and Jordan, you, if you ever need to just interrupt me, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're perfectly more than welcome to because I'll I'll keep rambling on. <laughs> no, I mean I feel like this is definitely like a a good moment for you guys as well because of <laughs> definitely past connections. So I, I it's fun to kind of be just here like a fly on the wall for <laughs> uh, for a bit of this so i didn't want to to jump in but i, I do want to say like i adding on to what i said before like it's been you know it is bittersweet you know i i understand why and, and and you know certain things change in life but to have kept it going for so long and you know at least having the foresight you know to to know like okay maybe this isn't going to be what i think it's going to be let me go to college let me do all this stuff and focus on this part of my life as well i think is a very uh smart decision i think <laughs> like there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with taking the leap of faith with with youtube absolutely yeah. mm -hmm. um but I think a lot of people and especially like everyone has the aspirations when you when you make content on YouTube to mm -hmm. have it turn into something. Maybe it can be a job. Maybe it, it could, you know, do really well and I could make a lot of money from it. Uh, but the best way, especially the way I see it is like 
it has to kind of be treated as a hobby mm-hmm. no matter what. Because mm-hmm. uh, the second you start thinking about it in other ways, it you lose the fun and kind of the other reasons why you did it. That's not saying it can't ever be a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been lucky enough for the last three years to be a full-time editor for other YouTubers, mm-hmm. and it has been my career. Uh, I don't know. Ne- I don't see it as an end goal. You know, I always, I still see it as a hobby to this day, whether it's creating other people's content or my own. Uh, and I just enjoy my time here and what I'm doing and the people I get to meet. I think the mm-hmm. best part is the amount of new friends that I have from this. I'd say my best friends have all come from the online space mm-hmm. and uh, it's definitely such an amazing time. Like I think I, I just assuming in, in your situation, I mean, probably some of the best memories you have on this platform are the people you've met and mm-hmm. become friends with in this space. Am, am I correct? Yeah, for sure. And not only the other content creators, but also just the people supporting the channel, like the fans. Um, I obviously don't have the time Absolutely. to like get to know all of them, but there's been some people who have been consistently like supporting the channel for a long time. And yeah, like I now like follow them on Instagram and like we, you know, like I'll message them occasionally. And like there's one, his name's Theo and he um, started watching the channel like right when I was creating it. Um, and he's from Canada actually, and he's now like a Fujifilm photographer. And so, um, I don't know, it's just like cool to see how, you know, the channel has allowed me to grow and evolve as a person, but also there's people watching the content who are also like growing and, um, you know, becoming, you know, different versions of themselves through that process and being able to grow with them has been uh, just a really humbling experience. Did, uh, so Mm -hmm. when did you start your channel? 2014? Um, that's a good question. I think it was 2016. Um, 2016? Yeah. January 2016, I think. Well, let me check actually. (laughs) Because um, okay, I, I definitely wanted to ask you if there was like any, what was your inspiration for starting YouTube? Not even just necessarily yeah. having a Pokemon YouTube channel, but just for starting YouTube in general. Like, yeah. Why okay, was, so, mm-hmm. yeah. so it was January 2015. I got the year messed up. But um, okay. yeah, like I think, so growing up, I collected Pokemon cards and, but I hadn't touched cards in like or Pokemon cards in like a really long time. Um, But I was just like on YouTube one day watching videos and like a Pokemon card unboxing video showed up. And so I clicked on it. And then four hours later, I realized I had just spent four hours watching (laughs) Pokemon card unboxings. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go and like maybe pick up a pack and open one up. And so I went to Target and I picked up, I think it was like a plasma pack at the time. Um, And it was, yeah, like I, I wasn't planning to like purchase another pack or anything like that. And so I really wanted to like remember it and be able to like rewatch it. And so I just set up my phone and I like recorded it and I just literally recorded myself reading off the cards and opening the pack, not planning to upload it to YouTube or anything like that. And then like a month later, I had like four of those videos recorded and I was like, okay, maybe I'll just like upload it onto YouTube. And um, at the time I had this mindset where I thought everyone was going to think I'm like super weird if I like Pokemon because no one at my high school like collected cards or at least no one that I knew. Um, And so I made like a secret name, which was Laughing Pikachu. And I didn't (laughs) tell anyone uh, that I was making videos. I didn't put my name anywhere on the channel. I didn't put my face anywhere on the channel. And for the first like 
I don't know, maybe year of the channel, I like, no one knew who it was until one day at school, someone was like, do you make YouTube videos? And I was like, how, how did, what, no? And I like, <laughs> I, I, I completely denied it at first. And then like a week later, they come up to me again and they were like, are you sure? Like, this really sounds like you. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's me. And then I think it was after that point, um, some more people at high school like started talking about it and um, surprisingly people were like really receptive of it and really supportive of it and I think like through that I started just like started to embrace that like I like Pokemon cards and like that's part of my identity and um, and then I think I did like a little face reveal on YouTube and stuff like that and uh, yeah just like my passion for Pokemon helped me I guess evolve as a person and really learn to like embrace um, just the quirks and the things that made me unique um and really i tried to make that not only something that i realized about myself but encourage other people to like recognize about themselves too so so what's it like <laughs> being in high school I, <laughs> I i didn't start my youtube channel till way after high school um, but what's it like being in high school and then having this huge channel that's taking <laughs> off like i i wouldn't like, mm -hmm. like, are you like the most popular person in high school type of situation? <laughs> you know, it was honestly the coolest, most fun thing ever. And I wish I told people about it sooner. Um, it was it was so cool. Like, so I like also while, while I was in high school, I released um, or I started this website called Cavendish, where I ended up selling a lot of the cards that I had pulled on the channel just so that I could go and purchase more Pokemon cards to open up. Yeah. And through that website, I also like launched like, uh, like parcels, like monthly subscription crates for a while and just custom cards and different things like that. And I actually had like friends from high school who helped me like run the website and like would help me with orders and stuff like that. And so it was just like a big team effort with me and some of my friends. And if you go back, like in some of the videos, like my friends will show up in them and they'll like help commentate and just, it was like, it was just such a fun thing. Like, and I think that was, that was a big thing. Like I never saw YouTube as like work. I saw it as just like this fun way exactly. for me to be creative and uh, to try new things and to just like experiment on this really cool platform called YouTube. And it just somehow ended up working out. But yeah, like high school was just a really fun time for me. Um, and I think that YouTube helped make that really memorable. So for that, I'm really thankful. Because uh, I, I can't even imagine that. Like, you're running your own business in high school, and and it's not even work, you know? And that, just yeah, like you it's said, not even work. It's just it's just having fun with some shiny pieces of cardboard, and it was it was the coolest thing in the world. Right? Like it, it's – and kind of going back to what you said earlier, Jordan, um, you always have to have fun with what you're doing mm -hmm. when, when you're creating content. Um, you don't want to try to think of it as solely as a business. Like, just have fun mm -hmm. with it. I mean, that's for sure. That's all that I do on my channels. I just have fun just being myself, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And I understand I'm the weird guy that's on the floor at Walmart looking for hidden Pokemon cards. Like, I get it. <laughs> I understand. But that's me. Hey, but everyone wants to be that person. That's why people <laughs> watch those videos. They're like, oh, I, I want to do that. <laughs> like, I've always thought about doing it, but I've never done it because I didn't, I didn't want to do it. But you took the plunge and you did it. And that's what made you, you know, you stood out from the, from the crowd. You're like, listen, I'm just going to do it. Why not? Just be yourself. And I thought that's. Yeah, that, and I think that's super great. And I, and I always tell you one of like the best traits that like I wish I could adopt uh, that that you have is the the ability to just be in public, turn on your phone or camera, and just go 
and it doesn't matter who's looking at you who's who's giving you the weird stink eye from across the walmart <laughs> but like it's i just think it's like that's such a a natural trait that it's so hard for a lot of people like myself to just get the courage like i i feel like i'm a very outgoing person i can have a conversation with anybody no matter what situation i'm in but the second i'm in public and a camera turns on it's like uh, uh um Hi, we're uh, we're to to Target and I'm going to buy some card packs. I totally understand It's hard for me to do that. I mean, because when I first started doing it out in public, like, I was definitely very nervous. Um, But after a while, I realized that, like, people are just interested in what you're doing. Like, they're not judging you. They're just interested in what you're doing. They may not understand, like, what's going on. Um, And so that's something that I realized is that people are just interested. And when you tell them it's YouTube, they seem to be even more interested in it, you know? Um, everybody always has those... Oh, I've heard of that website before. <laughs> everybody always has those YouTube questions, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. That they, they're they always kind of wondering. Um, but uh, Laughing Pikachu, mm-hmm. what are some of the, the YouTubers that you like to watch? Or do you even watch YouTube? <laughs> Maybe you don't watch no, it at do. all. I do. I, I do. Um, and it doesn't I have to be Pokemon YouTubers, like just any. So it doesn't have to be Pokemon YouTubers, but let's be real. Those are the only ones I watch. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like so obviously you guys, like you guys are fantastic. I also love Leon yeah. Hart, Pokemon Evolutionaries, or I guess they're now Evolutionaries Gaming. Um, but yeah, like I feel like those were the people whose channels were like, uh, growing when mine was growing and so I've just like always been really attached to them and so I always whenever I have time and have time to go watch the latest set unboxing like those are the people I go to first um, but yeah I guess I, apart from Pokemon cards like I also like think Shane Dawson is amazing yes uh, like watch that whole series where he was like releasing the new palette and I don't know it's it's so I I really like to see when people take like the YouTube platform and then do something like beyond YouTube with it and so like for Shane he was like taking you know YouTube videos and like turning it into this opportunity to create a makeup palette that he like didn't really have any experience doing before and so I think that like that's what makes YouTube cool it opens up new doors and Um, while there's nothing wrong with just focusing on like building a YouTube channel and like trying to, um, you know, focus on, I guess, building revenue through like ads and stuff. Like I think that being able to then take that platform and use it to create something else is like, that's what really makes it something special. Expand upon your, your personal brand. Mm -hmm. I always, like I always say, I think YouTube is always a good platform to be a stepping stone for your future and what you want to do mm-hmm. in the online space uh, and, and where you want to go with it. Uh, just because YouTube's, it, it can be very unreliable. Like there's the adpocalypse, mm-hmm. there's the new, you know, uh, Kappa, Kappa, mm-hmm. Kappa yeah. rules that are in place. And mm-hmm. there's always stuff changing and evolving and it's always, either you have to adapt to it and it's, it sometimes is hard. And, and it, we've seen it kind of just completely stop channels in their, their tracks from wanting to do anything more. Um, so I always think diversifying and, and getting yourself off of the platform when you can, like you still use it and do what you want on there and, and, and build it, but evolve with it and find other ways to, to do stuff with your brand. Like there's people that, you know, are go over to Twitch and stream games. There's people who create, uh, you know, websites and, and sell different types of merch or become bigger than themselves. Like David Dobrik, he's mm-hmm. completely the example of beyond 
YouTube can right I, now. Can I just his, say his career is on TV? Can I just say that I met mm. David Dobrik over the summer last was at, it uh, at VidCon? VidCon? Yeah, or, that's we were awesome. we were in the same after party and uh, <laughs> literally. So it was me and Super Duper Danny, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we were standing like near the front, and uh, David Dobrik was just like standing right there. And Danny is like a huge David Dobrik fan. I'm like, you have to say something. Like, I'm not going to leave, let you leave without saying something. It was this whole mm-hmm. moment. And I was like, you have to say something right now. If not, I want to go over to him and be like, okay, that girl there, she's a huge fan of you. You have to go say hi. Um, but um, we just went up to him and he was the nicest guy. The nicest guy. Uh, we took some pictures with him and he was just so down to earth. So um, I have nothing but nice things to say about David Dobrik. So... But but yeah, just like you said, it's it's larger than life. And he didn't even start off on YouTube. He started yeah, off on Vine. And he figured yeah. out a way. Like yeah, he figured out a way to take his Vine energy, his his any you know his audience over there, and figured out a way to do something new with doing it on YouTube. And we've seen vlogs on YouTube, right? Everyone has done a vlog or has seen you know a typical mm-hmm. vlog, right? He figured out a way to say, all right, let me just cut to the most exciting moments. Like, let me not have any filler in between everything. I just want to hang out with my friends and do crazy stuff and just keep ramping it up. And he figured out a way to make a tight, quick, fun video. And it it propelled him and people gravitated to it. He figured out a way to build his brand beyond a app from Vine to then YouTube and figured out how to take YouTube to his large merch store like his his merch is like everywhere yeah the whole clickbait merch and all that it's everywhere uh and then he's now he's i know he's on a like one or two like different like nickelodeon shows he was just on the late night show like he is he, his career is so early like he's done so much but he's still so young and he's able to now build that brand into something even bigger and i think a lot of people like I feel like a lot of people try to put all their eggs in one basket. And when that happens, the basket gets overcumbered and it could, everything falls apart sometimes, or you just don't have any room to breathe and then grow from there. Social media is very important using it to your, your best advantages for your brand, but don't become consumed by it. That's one thing I've definitely learned to kind of step back from stuff that may have done that in the past. Mm -hmm. I'm very active when it comes to the Instagram community in terms of all the Pokemon stuff. I think it's a great way to meet a lot of people and to do a lot of awesome things. Mm -hmm. Um, But like for me, like it's, it's good to step back sometimes and not let it consume you. But what I'm saying is YouTube is not just this get rich quick thing it's not oh i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna be rich and famous and that's that's not where the platform is that's not what youtube really is and there are examples of that happening and have happened don't get me wrong it has but you may you may think that that may happen if you just pick up a camera but there's a million other people who are have the same mindset that are going to be trying to jump into the same space and they're all fighting for that one extra view that one extra like that one extra follower so you have to have the mindset of have fun with it, make the content that you'd want to watch, mm-hmm. make the content that you're happy with creating. And as long as you're happy with what you're making, there's still room to innovate and always do things. Just don't innovate it to what you think you should be doing. Innovate it to what you think you want to do. Figure out what makes you different, what separates you from the crowd, what, what is you. And I'll tell you the answer to that right now is it's you. 
It's your personality. Mm -hmm. It's who you show off yourself being you. Don't be anyone else. Don't try to copy anyone else because people can see right through that. And there's already that other person that exists. And the reason why the, the Shane Dawson is Shane Dawson, David Dobrik is David Dobrik, is because they're them. Yeah. They're, they're not being anyone else, but they're true selves and just showing it on camera. And that's what we gravitate to, real people. Like so that's the best advice. Real I people can give. like laughing Pikachu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So when when you started off on YouTube, mm-hmm. what did you start off with equipment wise? Oh, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. It was literally an iPhone 5S, I think. And then for the Ooh. tripod, I used an Elite Trainer box pro- propped up against a water bottle. And that was it. That was everything that I had. And then um and then at one point, Jeff from the Pokey Capital sent me umbrella lights. And so I had umbrella lights in the iPhone 5S. And then um, I invested in one of those like cheap $5 tripods with like bendy legs and like from yeah. some like Asian website that was super cheap. And then um, I ended up getting like a phone upgrade. I got like an iPhone 7 at some point, And that's the phone I still use to record videos, actually. It's I always tell people that you don't need a lot to start off with. Yeah. And for and sure. even to continue throughout your your YouTube career, you don't need a lot. You just need to be creative exactly like you were. You're using the Elite yeah. Trainer boxes to prop up your phone. <laughs> I mean, that's use what you have. Use what you have. It's is that simple. Yeah. You made a video one time of like mm-hmm. showing your entire setup, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I think the purpose behind that video was I really wanted to, like you said, like show people that like you don't have to have a lot. You just have to be passionate about something. And for me, that was Pokemon cards. And you have to just be willing to put yourself out there. And with those things and maybe a little bit of creativity, you can really create a YouTube channel out of anything. And I think that's why like a platform like YouTube is so powerful because it just can empower so many different people who are passionate about different things and it creates so many new opportunities for literally anyone. And I think that that's really, really cool. And you said that you used your phone and that you still use it mm-hmm. to record. I use my iPhone to <laughs> record. And I know Leon Hart uses his iPhone to record. It's it, yeah. <laughs> it's all right there in your pocket. You know, your your starting point is right there in your pocket with an iPhone or a smartphone of any sort. So it, it's always interesting to hear what people can create from something like that um and yeah i always see like whenever i'm at like an event or convention or whatever and someone comes up to me or or is is talking about it and they're like oh i'm saving up for a camera before i start youtube and on my my first response is what do you have a phone and i said yeah i'm like what kind do you have and then you usually say something that's probably within the last five years Mm -hmm. uh that has come out Mm -hmm. and i'll be like okay well that camera or that that phone has a 1080p camera at minimum most likely a 4K camera at this point. Uh, it can pick up audio really well. And I would say your tools are right there in the palm of your hand that you already have. Mm-hmm. You can then now still save up for a camera if that's the route you want to go. But don't let don't let other things stop you when you have perfectly fine technology to get you started, basically. Or continue that way. Because like, phones now are great. Like the the audio mm-hmm. they can pick up is a lot better than it used to be. The camera quality is now insane. If you have like the most updated iPhone, the cameras on the iPhone 11 are ridiculous. Even if you can go back to the 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 10 or or anything before. Like it it just it's so good. You can do so much with these these phones, 
and it's not just iPhones, it's Androids. There's a lot of updated phones that are out there that can get you to everything you need, right? You don't need to have everything perfect right away. I think there's a little bit of charm when it comes to YouTube when it's not 100% like has to be this Hollywood production. And it's great when it is because obviously that it's, it's just always improving. But you don't have to be that way. You don't have to start that way to get any sort of initial growth or attention. And again, it's all about you. You could be working with 720p on, on, a, on a camera and have decent audio and still have a good startup. So don't let anything hold you back. Don't let don't let equipment or, or saving up for equipment be an excuse to start something. Just go for it. If you have a phone or any sort of technology that can get you to do that, then go for it. Laughing Pikachu, what would you, if someone listening right now wanted to start a YouTube channel, let's say they wanted to start a Pokemon card opening YouTube channel, what would be your piece of advice that you would give them, whether it be equipment or just mindset, anything, what would be your advice you'd give them? Yeah, that's a great question. I used to get asked it all the time, like in comments and stuff. And I think like the best piece of advice I can give is to just go out there and do it. Like, I feel like, like we mentioned with like equipment and stuff, like and thinking you need all of this like fancy production material or you need to have some super crazy idea in order to like make people want to watch your videos. Like, I feel like all of that stuff comes with time, but the hardest thing and the biggest barrier to cross over is just like actually starting something. And so I would just want to encourage everyone to just whatever you're thinking about trying to pursue, whatever you're trying to go out there and do, uh, I think the first step is just having the will to want to do that. And so I want to encourage anyone to just put themselves out there and to challenge themselves, even if it's scary to start something new, um, because you never know what sort of new doors will open up in that process. And you'll never know unless you try. So just go do it. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect. Didn't, couldn't set it better myself. Absolutely. Um, now, I know we talked a lot about content creating and kind of the, the YouTube world and stuff like that, which we've never really got to dive into before here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's great that we got to dive into that with you. Um, but let's switch to let's switch to talking about some Pokemon stuff here. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, so what was uh, and not even making YouTube videos, what was the, the first pack of Pokemon cards you remember ever? Dude, that's a that's a good question. I think I think the first pack that I opened was like one of the plasma sets. I think it was maybe Plasma Blast. I think I think there was like a Genesec pack art, if I'm remembering correctly. I think that was the first one that I like recorded with the intent of never uploading, but ended up uploading it. And it's now like a video that's private on the channel. But um, I think the yeah, I think that was like the biggest or the first like opening that I did. And then the first booster box that I opened on the channel was actually Dragon's Exalted. I remember that set very clearly um, because it's just, it's that set, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Like I'm, I'm really glad that I started making videos when that set was like somewhat affordable where I could like buy a booster box yeah. and not completely kill my wallet. But like that set, there's so many just gorgeous cards. There's like four secret rare cards and there's like this Mew full art card that I am just obsessed with and I think yeah, so that that was the first big purchase I made for the channel. Do you uh, do you feel that that Dragon's Exalted is a little underrated? Yes, I feel like more people should like. There's, I get that there's like old sets and they're all like cool and have unique things, but I feel like Dragon's Exalted that set specifically. There's just, I don't know. There's so many cool cards. Like, so even though like for me like my favorite card in that set is like the Mew Full Art and like 
that card literally like inspired me to start my full art collection and has become like a huge part of the channel like there's like there's a Rayquaza full art in that set there's just there's so much and I don't know like it's I, I love that set and I wish it got more love and appreciation when it was like first coming out and even now like I feel like that's just a set a lot of people like forget about and I don't know it's a cool set it really like I'm looking at the set the, right now and <laughs> the Reggie Steele in that set mm. is gorgeous the mm -hmm. full art EX mm -hmm. uh, there's 128 cards in the set I mean oh man those are the days <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're coming off a of Cosmic Eclipse with, you know, 270-ish cards in the set. Crazy. <laughs> and to, th to look back, and this was, what, when the when was the set released? 2012? Wow, 2012. Right, yeah. 2012, mm -hmm. so just, you know, not too many years ago, the sets were around 128 cards. That's And there was uh, four shiny cards in the set as well. Mm-hmm. Secret rares. Yeah, it was a lot easier to be a collector back then. I think that's another thing that like caused <laughs> right. me to sort of lose interest, <laughs> or not lose interest, but like lose motivation to like create videos and uh, try and like get complete sets. It was the fact that like the sets just became so large, and for just like an average collector who's just picking up you know a couple of products, like it was almost impossible to just get everything. And as a person who was like trying to get one of every single full art, like that became just a really expensive and hard to do thing from a collecting perspective. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. I, I get questions all the time. Like, uh, you know, I'm wanting to get back into collecting Pokemon cards, but where should I start? Should I, should I go back and buy some vintage packs or vintage mm -hmm. cards or should I start buying new cards? And it's such a hard question to answer. Um, mm -hmm. Because one, it's like, what's your personal preference? You know, do you want to collect right. one of every single card or you just want to collect your favorite Pokemon? Um, but, you know, with with the older cards being so expensive to buy and mm -hmm. the newer sets essentially being expensive to buy because there's so many cards in the set, it's hard to say where to start mm -hmm. yeah. um, because you're going to have to dish out, I mean, a lot, depending on how you want to collect, you know, you're going to have to spend some money. Yeah. Um, I was looking at a Dragon's Exalted booster box on eBay right now, and there's one for like $400. Oh my gosh! And not bad. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. What is that like? One, two skateboards? Uh, that might be one skateboard. <laughs> yeah, we don't know yet. <laughs> so, what's um, what's some of your favorite Pokemon cards to collect? Like, like, like type of card? Yeah, or? like like secret rares or hyper rares or. Gotcha. Yeah, so I think for me, like, there's two big collections that I have, um, and I, so I've, I only have a couple of, like, completed sets, and, but apart from that, I really just focus on collecting full arts and Pikachus, and so for the full arts, I feel like just the texture and how they create those cards, especially the Japanese versions of full arts, mm -hmm. are just some of the most beautiful things ever, like, they're literally, like, a small piece of artwork that you can, like, hold in your hand and, like, collect and I, I don't know for so just something about that and just the fine texture on specifically the Japanese cards it just it made I don't know it just made collecting so much more fun and it just it it felt like this just this cool thing that I could like have in card form and, and ca carry around with me like everywhere and so 
Yeah, full arts are like huge. And for me, like full arts, I guess, also included like hyper rares um, in any of the like full gold cards and stuff like that. But yeah, so yeah. at one point I tried to get like literally every single card. And I think I have every full art from black and white base set to X and Y evolutions, actually, including like oh, wow. the Japanese like promos, because there's so many times they would release like Japanese cards that they didn't end up releasing in English and so I made a point to like try and get all of those and so yeah that was that was something that's big for me and then the other thing was Pikachus and so like when my channel first started out I did a bunch of like trades with people and that was like a lot of my videos were just opening up like trades and showing off like the new cards that I got through that because I didn't have money to just be opening up Pokemon booster packs all the time yeah exactly (laughs) because <laughs> that's expensive um yeah but <laughs> yeah <it is. laughs> yeah so i like um yeah whenever people would trade with me a lot of the times they would just like include in extras and they're like oh what do you like or what do you want me to send as an extra and so i would just be like oh well i, I really like pikachus and so um eventually that just started growing and i ha- now have like literally thousands of pikachus and there's so many different versions and some of them are signed some of them are just the original card itself and um it's just it's just grown into this crazy collection that's now in like four different binders now because it's just so big and it's that that that's cool too. What would you nice. say is your most expensive or most valuable Pikachu that you own? Ooh, I I don't know the values of the cards offhand, but I do have the Gold Star Pikachu and I have the Silver 15th Anniversary Pikachu, which are both yeah, really up there in value. Exactly. Um, I would say that you're probably right on that, honestly. So like, probably those are... one of those two. But I also like, there's just cool cards too. Like there's that Pikachu Level X that they, for some reason, only released as a Japanese promo card and we never saw it in English, I don't think. Like that one was really cool. And there's also like, I have all of the different like Poncho Pikachus, like they released these cool boxes where there were like four or five packs and then you would get like a deck box, sleeves, and then like a full art Pikachu card. And since I like full arts and I like Pikachu, I was like, I have to get these. And so every time they released one, I would pick one up. So I have like all of those too. Nice. Um, Did you ever collect anything that's not cards? Still Pokemon, but like just not cards though. Like, so you're talking like pins or coins or something like that? Or, Or just like figures or plushies or anything yeah, not really. Like I feel I feel like collecting Pokemon cards themselves was already such an expensive hobby that yeah. <laughs> I tried not to get too into that other stuff, but I do have like a ton of Pikachu plushies. I guess just since I'm laughing Pikachu and I people knew I liked Pikachu, they just sent me anything Pikachu and so even though it started off as just a Pikachu card collection, it quickly became a Pikachu anything collection and so I literally have like I don't know, 20, 30 different Pikachu plushies that I've collected over the years. And so that's probably the biggest thing I've collected outside of the cards. So obviously with cards being like your main, main thing that you like to collect, what is some of your like most, and I know that you, you upload a video to your channel recently of some of your like biggest pulls mm-hmm. from, uh, from over the years. Um, yeah. Can you just tell us, like, off the top of your head, some of your, like, most memorable either pulls or just videos in general that you made? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, well, for one, like, I love Ultra Prism. That set is just so cool. I think it was one of the first times in a while we had seen a gold card because it was in, we had gold cards in Legendary Treasures, but, like, I don't know. That was, it was a cool set with gold cards, lots of expensive trainers, and um, there's one video I did where I pulled 
two Cynthia's back to back. And at the time, like that card was going for insane amounts. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was a really cool video. And then I think there's been two or three times where I've um, pulled a gold card on camera. And so that was cool. And then also I went to a pre-release for Burning Shadows, that's, yeah. And in that video, I pulled the Hyper Rare Charizard out of my pre-release kit. And so that one was cool wow, too. Wow, that's so insane. Probably one of, one of those videos that were probably one of my favorites. How do you how do you that's keep crazy. your composure pulling a Hyper Rare Charizard? Oh, I, I did not. <laughs> I think there's been multiple times where I've just literally been silent and I just like stare at the card and I'm like, I am, I can't believe I'm holding this right now. Like this is the most beautiful thing in the world and I am in love with this card right now. And so, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's been so fun. I think that's like, apart from being able to interact with both like the people supporting the videos and also just other creators, I think the, the feeling you get when you pull like a really rare or really awesome Pokemon card is just like, it's something that you just like, it can't be replaced by anything else. Like it's one of the coolest feelings in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to explain. 100%. Jordan, did you want to say something? I feel like I kept saying stuff over and over again. No, no, you're, okay. you're doing fine. I'm all good. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. just wanted to make sure because like I said, I, I, I could keep talking for days and for days. Do you think, Laughing Pikachu, do you think you'll ever come back to YouTube at some point? You know, when I was reading through comments of people who were like just saying really sweet things when I announced um, that I would be leaving YouTube, that was a question that came up a lot. Like, will I be coming back or, you know, is this, you mm -hmm. know, a decision that's permanent and going to be forever? And honestly, I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to give people like false hope and, um, I don't know, make it sound like there's a possibility of coming back when right now, honestly, like I, I don't plan on that. But also, I think it's so hard to say no, like it's so hard to know like where I'm going to be five, 10 years from now. And it's very likely that at one point, if I have kids and they like Pokemon and you know, they start opening up Pokemon packs, like I'm definitely going to want to get into that and you know, <laughs> want to open up packs myself too. So Absolutely. it's, it's so hard to yeah. predict, but um, so definitely not completely saying no to that idea, but at the moment there's no um, immediate plans to get back into producing videos or opening packs at this time. So is so so what happens what happens to this big collection now? Yeah, so I think the full art collection is something um, I'm not going to be trying to like grow larger, but definitely something I will always like value and cherish. And so um, I'm going to be keeping that. And then um, there's obviously like the Pikachu collection and just mm -hmm. collections that fans have sent me that um, I of course never want to touch and will always just it'll they'll always be so special to me um, but then there's like other things too like all the hollows and all the ultra rares that I've pulled and so I'm actually um, doing a little special project with those which we can maybe talk about later or anyways it'll be announced on the channel too but so yeah there's obviously that aspect of the collection that's um, going to be living on hopefully through other people's collections and then there's also the sealed collection there's um, a bunch of products that I opened or purchased for the channel with the intent of opening at some point and since I'm not making videos anymore I have like an insanely large sealed collection and so Can some of those things I'm sending to people who I really look up to in, um, in the Pokemon community and some of them I'm just keeping for myself so um, that's Can how you, uh, we're distributing that. Because mm -hmm. now you've, you've piqued my interest here. Um, mm -hmm. What you, you say sealed products so what kind of sealed sealed stuff are we talking about? Oh it's 
It's crazy. So like some of the stuff I'm going to be keeping for myself are like things that fans have sent me. And like, Absolutely, for example, yeah. Juan, like he, he has sent me like triangle air base set booster packs and like, I have like, I think I have like 15 different versions of the base set booster packs. Um, and I have like, he also sent me like one of each of almost every single Japanese Pokemon card set. And so I have just like so many really, really old, beautiful sealed Pokemon packs like that. And then I also have this, like the first ever, I think Pokemon blister pack that was released. It came with like I think it was like 10 or 15 packs um and so i have that sealed as well and so there's like a fire red leaf green pack at the top and i can also see Whoa. like a base set pack and so it's like it's cool and i i don't even know if those have really been like sold on ebay or anything like i've seen one person sell it on verbank before like and that was like a year ago and so like i didn't i don't even know like how many of these exist honestly and then um so that's like the older stuff and then i also have like um, as I mentioned, I really like the evolution set. And so I have a case of evolutions. I've got a case like, of evolution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have like 150 flash fire dollar tree packs. I have a like sealed box of all of the Poncho Pikachu collection boxes that they released in Japan. Um, I have, you know, booster boxes, like legendary treasures, booster box, a couple of the ultra prison booster boxes, um, and so, yeah, just like tons of random things. Um, this is I also insane. really like the, the generation set. And so I have like eight sealed generations elite trainer boxes. Um, so yeah, just little things like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Just little things like that. <laughs> wow. That's that, just a little bit. That, and, and, and so all this was intended to be opened up on the channel. Yeah. I, I purchased it. Um, thinking like, oh, I know for sure I'm going to want to open these at some point for some sort of like special event on the channel or some big celebration. Um, and so I'm going to purchase them now so that I don't have to pay five times as much in the future. And so I just kept them in this box and kept them in this place in my room and with the intent of one day eventually opening them. And yeah, I just never got around to opening them. That has to be an insane, like the value of just all that sealed stuff mm -hmm. has to be through the roof. I mean, yeah that, that's crazy i mean and the vintage stuff alone i mean mm -hmm. not even including the new stuff but just the vintage stuff alone you said that, that you know obviously you know you said you're keeping the triangle base set booster packs mm -hmm. um but the value on that would be yeah and they're crazy. they're like they're like pristine condition like when i got sent them they were like in sleeves and everything i didn't even know they made sleeves for booster packs but they came <laughs> each one in a sleeve for the booster packs and there was like 15 of them and i don't know it was like it was so cool like i still can't believe i got sent that like that was just unreal so and that and that kind of would lead me to a good question to ask you um mm -hmm. what's some of the craziest stuff uh that you've been sent throughout yeah. your career on YouTube, whether it be Pokemon stuff or just other random things? Yeah, I think like in terms of value, like I've definitely gotten sent a lot of crazy things like, you know, the base set booster packs. I've been sent like gold stars, whole collection, stuff like that. But I think for me, at least in terms of like what means the most to me and like what I appreciated the most was just like letters from people. Like Absolutely. I have read so many like, like, especially when the channel was like really at its peak and I, I had just I had PO boxes and people were sending stuff all the time like the amount of people who were so willing and to just share their story um, it was it that's what kept me going like that's what made it so hard for me to like 
stop making videos. And that's why, like, even during college, when I didn't see YouTube as, you know, a full-time career or anything that I wanted to, like, ever try and pursue full-time, I still continued to make videos because I just couldn't stand the thought of disappointing fans or, like, just yeah. the fact that I was in such a fortunate position where, I don't know, random strangers were wanting to watch my videos and my videos specifically, like, it was just like, it was such a humbling place to be. And so, yeah, like I've gotten just everyone's stories and just being able to read them, it's it's just been so cool. Um, so there's some people going through rough things and for them to just be able to share that with me, um, like there's been times where I've literally like read letters from people and like started crying because they're just, yeah. their stories were just so powerful. And so being able to just even be a small part of those people's stories has been just such an incredible experience and something that I am so grateful that they chose to watch my videos and allow me to be part of, you know, just whatever they were going through. Um, it's, it's been really cool. You're a wonderful person. I, I, I <laughs> you know, I, I always say that myself that like, I always enjoy what I enjoy the most is reading the letters, looking mm -hmm. at the drawings, things like that. Yeah. Um, these art, you know, sometimes people make, you know, like art pieces or they'll knit things or something like that. Mm -hmm. And just reading those letters and just hearing people's stories is just, it's breathtaking. It really is. Yeah. It, it puts mm -hmm. you, um, it, it, it kind of, you know, you kind of realize like, wow, I can't, I can't believe that, you know, I guess, I guess what I'm saying here is you don't realize like how many people's lives you're, you're touching, you know, yeah. when you make the video, you know, cause you and can't see all mm -hmm. the people. And there's and, people from like all around the world. Like that's another yeah. thing that just like continued to just blow my mind. It's like, there's people just everywhere. Like people who like their native language for their countries, like isn't even English who are watching videos and like supporting the channel. And it's just like, it's so cool to see that through this crazy thing of recording videos on our phones and, you know, just screaming about shiny cardboard, we're able to reach just people everywhere. Um, it's just, it, I'm so thankful for the YouTube platform and everything that it's given me in the process. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you have, have made videos, have shared your life with us. Um, because you've not only made Pokemon videos, but there's been instances where you've shared stuff going on in your life in videos yeah. and um mm -hmm. that's not always easy to do so uh thank you for just letting us be a part of your life uh, in general because um like i said i'll i'll never i'll never forget you there's always a, a small part of laughing pikachu that will be um be on my channel um because like i said you're, you're the first person to ever reach out to me so i'll, I'll never forget that ever that's, ever forget that's that. really sweet thank you that that means a lot and i am i don't know i'm really excited to see where you continue to take your channel both of you guys um you're doing incredible things and i'm just so happy to be supportive of that in any way that i can um you guys are awesome well if you ever you're if awesome. you ever just feel the itch to make another video <laughs> you're, you're more than welcome to to come over and, and make a video with me. I, I, it would be an honor to, to be able to do a video again with you in person. Because when we collaborated the first time, uh -huh. it, obviously we weren't in person together. That's kind of yeah. how the collaborations usually work in the world of Pokemon. Mm -hmm. But um, it'd be awesome to do a, a video in person. But we have met in person before. Yeah, at um, the Wizard World Convention, right? Yeah, it was in uh, Austin, Texas. Yep, that's in right. Like, in like 2000, late 2017. I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. that um, was my freshman year of college. That was a fun time. <laughs> we we uh, 
we did a panel together just about YouTube, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I ever met you, and um, you were super, super nice. And your parents were really <laughs> nice, too. Yeah, they're, they've always been really supportive, and for that, I'm really thankful, too. I feel like the whole concept of, like, YouTube and, like, making videos is, like, so foreign, especially for, like, people who are my parents' age. Like, they don't, they, at first, like, definitely did not understand what was happening or why I was spending so much money or time doing it, but they've been so supportive and open-minded about it, and for that, I'm really, really grateful for so is there anything that you want to um, promote or, or talk about? Because I know you have like one or two <laughs> videos left for your channel. Something yeah, like so, that. so in terms of videos, I've got, I guess, the final collection reveal, which is the final time I'm going to be showing off the Pikachu collection and the full art collection. And so uh, that's, that's definitely um, something I'm going to miss doing. So that's, and then the last one is actually an unboxing of this project that I've been working on. Um, but yeah, I realized like a huge part of the channel has always been collecting. And um, something I really wanted was my collection to just be able to live on through other people's. Um, there's so many new people out there, whether they're starting collections or have had been collecting for a while. Um, and yeah, I wanted to just continue to, I guess, have a voice and continue to impact and I don't know, help people in that way. And so, yeah, yeah I'm really excited that, uh, you know, behind the scenes, I've been working with Zaba to create these custom Laughing Pikachu packs. And in the packs, there's actually going to be cards directly from my collection, as well as just signature cards. And there's some really cool, like, custom Pikachu cards that Zaba has created. And so, um, yeah, it's a little project that I've just been working on on the side that uh, I actually haven't officially announced yet anywhere, but I guess so you this is breaking the news. exclusive breaking news about it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah that's, that's what I've been working on. <laughs> so some exclusive Laughing Pikachu packs. Yeah, that, and there's boom. there's only going to be a couple of them available because I just I only have so many cards that I can yeah. give out from the collection, but they're going to be loaded just like full of ultra rares and... It just, uh, I, uh, I'm really passionate about the project and I, I can't wait to see how people uh, respond to it. But yeah, really excited to be releasing them officially um, towards the beginning of February, actually. And uh, you said Let's... you're kind of working on that with uh, Zaba. Yeah, so Hunter from Zaba TV, um, he's been an, just an awesome friend and just person I've met along the way. And uh, yeah, I had this crazy idea. I was like, hey, I want to do something cool for the fans before I go. Um, I want to give them the opportunity to, you know, have a piece of my collection. Is, you know, this is my idea. You know, what are your thoughts? And we sort of work together to develop the whole pack and the design. And so it's been really cool to just work with him. And um, he's just a fantastic guy. And so really excited to get that officially launched in the coming weeks. And so you said you got uh, your collection reveal coming up, and so that's mm-hmm. on youtube.com slash laughing Pikachu. Yes, it is. And then um, after that, we're going to be opening up some of the packs just so people can get an idea of what they actually look like and what's going to be in them. So head over to uh, laughing Pikachu on YouTube, youtube.com slash laughing Pikachu, <laughs> or just look up laughing Pikachu on YouTube. Um, should, should people hit the subscribe button? I mean, I, that's go- that's up to them. You're, um, you're I, going away. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Um, but I think like one question I did get asked a lot is like, how can people continue to like stay up to date with my life after, you know, I stopped making YouTube videos, which is valid. Like I'm not gonna yeah. be, like I'm not going anywhere like I'm still alive. Um, so, yeah, like I, I mean, I have Instagram and Snapchat and stuff, but 
yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to promote during these things. I'm also fine with like not promoting anything. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> well, if people wanted to stay up to date with with what Laughing Pikachu was doing outside of mm-hmm. YouTube, yeah. So where where would we go? Uh, just faucet.hannah on Instagram is probably the best place. I post stories all the time and just. I feel like I'm always on a plane going somewhere, but um, yeah, right? that's and probably the best place. <laughs> what What have you been up to? Like, I every time I look at your story, you're in, like in a different part of the world. Yeah, I, as I mentioned, college has been a really, um, I've been really blessed with some cool opportunities, and so because of that, uh, through that process, sometimes that involves free trips places, and so with just interviews um, for full time roles, a lot of the times companies will fly people out to do the final round interviews and then also there's like contests and stuff like I was I actually did a contest with L'Oreal and uh, we won the like U.S. Nationals and so not only did we get a free trip to New York but then once we won that we got a free trip to Paris and so just cool stuff like that (laughs) yeah I'm I'm very fortunate that's insane very good what are we doing (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I mean we're just we're just kind of chilling we need to we need to Get moving. Right? <laughs> Laughing Pikachu's all over the world and I'm <laughs> sitting here in Indiana. <laughs> now, I think I think we I think we just have to go to London now. Right. We just have we'll, to we'll, to get we'll it out. We have to be up. like, all right, we're trapped. We'll all meet up in London. Maybe that'll be one final goodbye to everyone. I don't oh, know. Oh, <laughs> Laughing Pikachu, I would love I'm not I'm not putting any pressure on you, but I would love <laughs> if you came to London. That would be insane. I'll put the pressure. <laughs> you better be there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We Maybe. all better be there. Um, so, so follow you on Instagram. Um, yeah. Is there? <laughs> is that that's kind of like the main place? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh. Like, I I feel like I I don't really know what to promote during this time. Like, I'm just I'm just vibing. I'm just living. Um, but it is. Yeah, it is. Hannah is on Instagram. If you if they wanted to see stories of what I'm up to, I'm not sure they would all make sense though. But they're kind of just random, but yeah. Should they should they go follow you on TikTok? Oh my gosh, no, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I yeah, like when I go on trips with people, sometimes we have downtime, and so for fun, or even just like when we have free time, like in college, yeah, we'll like make stupid TikToks and try different challenges. But no, that's very much an embarrassing side thing that we do. <laughs> Don't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was one of the first people to follow you because as soon as you said that you I had a TikTok. That, and I was like really excited, but also really embarrassed at the same time. <laughs> No, don't be embarrassed at all. I was super, super pumped. As soon as you said you had a TikTok, I was like, oh, 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 oh. And I ran over and followed. Oh, me too. <laughs> I got one too. I'm obsessed with TikTok. I, yeah, TikTok's great. I, it's a, it's, I don't know how well you're following the platform, Laughing Pikachu, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's blowing up. It's blowing up it's and it's so huge. addicting too. Like you right? open it and then like three hours later, you're like, oh, I just spent three hours watching TikToks. Right? Yep. I, that's what keeps me up late at night. Why I don't fall asleep. I sit there because <laughs> I'll just sit there. I'm like, all right, time for bed. Oh, never mind. Like in, I'm just gonna keep in scrolling. the morning. Like when I wake up, I like scroll through my phone to just kind of like wake me up, essentially. And I mm-hmm. always look at the TikTok app. I'm like, should I click on it? Because I know if I do, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a rabbit hole. And I click on it every <laughs> single time. And just like you said, it's like hours later. <laughs> I shouldn't do it. Listen, there's no, there's no better way than waking up to seeing a bunch of people punching the screen going renegade <laughs> renegade all right so that's that, that's a good way to wake up it'll get you up for sure well i love tiktok and even though laughing pikachu doesn't want you to follow her on tiktok you can follow me on tiktok at real breaking Nate. 
And you can follow me at TikTok at Jordan Free. So, Laughing Pikachu, we like to do yeah. this segment on the show every single week where mm-hmm. we pick out a card. Um, mm-hmm. Both of us pick out a card. So, Jordan picks out one and I pick out one. And then that is our card picks of the week. And it can be anything in Pokemon TCG history. It can be a promo. It can be an ultra rare. It can be a common card, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of 2020, we'll have our Shadowless podcast 2020 set. Now, Jordan is going to pick uh, his card this week, but this week I'm giving my pick to you, Laughing Pikachu. Ooh. So, uh, I'm honored. Yes, yes. So, Jordan, why don't you go ahead and tell us yours first, and then uh, Laughing Pikachu will get to yours. If I have to. Yes. Uh, okay, <laughs> my, mine's a weird one. I'm, <laughs> I told I'm you ready. last week, I had mine ready for this week. Um, okay, so. It's not old, old, but it's not like new, uh, and it's also not the the not the hardest thing so to, to, to so come okay. By. Wait, it's not it's super not expensive. old. It's not new. Um, is it like it's right in that like middle? Heart Gold Soul Silver era, maybe. You oh, got okay. it. That's the exact set it's from. Heart Gold Soul Silver base set. All, All right. right. Now this is one of the secret cards in the set. It is. It's titled one. And there is four of them that released in separate other sets, but it is the Alf Lithograph One oh. from Heart Gold Soul Silver Base. It's the it's kind of like the the brown beige card because all of them have kind of have different colors as because uh, there's four of them in total. But this is the first one, the only one that's in the Heart Gold Soul Silver Base, and I just think it's a really cool card. I love the unknown, and I like the. Uh, I like the look of this card. It's very cool. That is a mm. a good card. I was very nice. I was just looking at that one the other day, actually. Like, not as a pick, it's, but it's cool. just looking at it, just kind of remembering it in general. That's, yeah, they're very cool cards. So, you, how much is, like, the value of that card? Uh, I think it's, like, five bucks, maybe. It's really not that expensive. None, none, none of them are too expensive, I believe. I think I've seen one here. One was just sold for, like, $13. So, well, maybe. Well, there you go. So it's not too bad. around that area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good pick. Very, very obscure pick too. Hard gold, soul silver. Very silver. Um, It's uh, it's it's not made its comeback like the vintage stuff, you know, like base set not and yet. neo and things like that. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely working its way up there. I I think you know a yes. couple more years, we're gonna see that resurgence of heart gold, soul silver stuff. It was a good era. I agree. It was a good era. All right. There you go. You have Jordan's pick. So, Laughing Pikachu, what is your pick for this week? Yeah, yeah. So, Nate, I know you texted me about this earlier. Yeah. Suggesting that I pick one. Um, This was like a very easy decision for me, but I think it's going to be the Mew Full Art from Dragon's Exalted. How did I know? (laughs) That card is just like, it's beautiful. It's the reason that I started collecting. It's the reason I started collecting Full Art specifically. And I don't know, it's just like, it'll always be a special card for me. So even though it's not a Pikachu card, I think it's one of my favorites for sure. That's that's okay. I mean, that's a that's a good pick too because it's a beautiful card. The background of that card, mm-hmm. it's very like kind of uh, uh, like psychedelic mm-hmm. type of background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think anyone who's like uh, keeping up to date and like collecting and building this set, I think it would be pretty cool uh, to now like this sets as a guest pick for the card. Mm-hmm. 
um, you have a little piece in your collection that represents Laughing Pikachu. Absolutely. And, and all that. So I think that's that's pretty cool. So, so I mean, if, if, you're, nice. if you don't have one in your collection already, um, it does come from Dragon's Exalted. And right now you're looking at price wise about maybe a $20 card, 18 to $20 for, for that card. So if you're looking to get a hold of it, you know, it's, uh, I, I would grab it now because, uh, yeah. laughing Pikachu has spoken and now the card <laughs> will rise in value. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Way to go. You just, you just. Fluctuated the market. <laughs> but no, that, seriously, that's nice. a good pick. I, I, I think um, we needed a good Mew pick for the collection because we have nobody's Absolutely. picked a Mew, Mew yet. So that's yeah. definitely a good pick. All right, so there you have it. You have Jordan's pick. You have Laughing Pikachu's pick. Um, if you're staying up to date on the collection, uh, if you have everything so far, or you're close to having everything so far, take a picture of it. Uh, post it on social media, tag one of us, tag Jordan, tag myself, tag Laughing Pikachu. I'm sure she would like to see it as well since she's got a yes. pick in there now, um, mm-hmm. you know, on Instagram. And the last thing, uh, we're going to end with a question. Um, and Jordan, I believe you have the question. And if I remember correctly, it's I from... I do have the question. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember if I get the name right. Taylor? Ooh, you yes, got it. Yes, yes. So good memory. Um, what has Taylor sent in for us this week? Taylor has sent us the following. Hey, Nate and Jordan. Hey, how you doing? Uh, my name is Taylor. Congrats on making it to the fourth episode, now five, of the podcast. I love what you guys are doing, and it makes my drive uh, to and from work every Wednesday that much better. But I'm, well, we're both glad to hear that. That's very awesome. Thank you yes, for listening. thank you very much. But to my question, we have been seeing the largest Pokemon TCG sets ever recently with Cosmic Eclipse coming in at 270-ish cards. As a set collector, I have been finding it difficult to keep up with the quantity of cards they are putting out along with their price points. Since there have been GXs, full arts, alternate art full arts, full art trainers, gold items, and stadiums, as well as gold cards and a bunch of sets. For me, there is no better feeling than completing an entire set, but as of the last 6 to 12 months, I have been unable to do so because of the size of these sets. My question to you guys is, do you think that the size of the most recent sets has affected the way that you guys have been collecting? And also, do you both uh, do you both think that sets will continue to be this large of a size going forward into the Sword and Shield era? Very, Ooh. very good question, um, because we we have very been seeing some huge, huge Pokemon sets. I mean, just a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, they <laughs> they get better. I feel like every time a new set gets released, I'm like, all right, here's the biggest set in Pokemon card history. <laughs> yeah. Every time a new set gets released, um, Cosmic Eclipse, we were at 270 ish cards. Uh, Sword and Shield, we are at. I'm looking at it right now, 216 cards. So. Not bigger than Cosmic Eclipse, but still, that's uh, 216 is a lot of cards, especially if you're trying to collect every single card. Um, yes, still a very big set. Does it affect the way I personally collect? Absolutely, because I spend m- more money. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more money. <laughs> um, I've started this thing on yes. my channel. I started it back, um, 
when Hidden Fates came out, um, mm-hmm. to where I try to get one of every single card from the set, and then at the very end of certain videos, I'll pull out the binder and we'll add in the new cards that we've gotten, and we try to see how many booster packs it takes to complete an entire set just by simply pulling the card, not trading or anything like that. So it definitely affects me because I have to buy a lot more. uh, To This also counts for uh, reverse hollows as well. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, if it's 216 cards in Sword and Shield, you know, now you're looking at over 300 cards. So... Yeah, uh, it's 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 huge. So there's no telling if it's going to keep going that route of huge sets um, or if it's going to kind of go back down. It's it's really difficult to see. I mean, obviously, we were talking about earlier, um, you know, laughing Pikachu saying, you know, you really enjoy Dragons Exalted. And that set was, you know, barely over 100 cards, 120 some. Um, and now years later, we're seeing over 200, close to 300 cards in a set so yeah i think it, it, it can affect certain people depending on how you collect jordan what about you what is how does it affect you oh yeah it, it affects me uh, in a similar way uh costs a lot more money and it, it causes a point of you get down to cards that are just insanely hard to pull and you can't really pull anything new and it's that's that's where I'm kind of getting at, like with Cosmic Eclipse, right? I'm pretty sure I have almost every regular card and almost every reverse for it, right? But I still have so many slots missing of cards that are, you know, the the alternate arts, the the full arts, uh, the the secret rares. Like there's there's so many that and they're, and they're not easy to pull. I think Cosmic Eclipse has definitely for me at least been a tougher journey to pull anything oh, yeah. from. Absolutely. And uh, it just makes it, a, it, it's a daunting task because, like, I still have so much to go with Cosmic Eclipse, but literally Sword and Shield's trickling its way out here. And on my attention and kind of everyone else's attention is like, well, I kind of want to look at those cards yeah. now. And then you kind of forget. Now, lucky, luckily enough, after this long journey, today of recording this, I put out a video earlier on my YouTube channel uh, of finally completing Hidden Fates. <laughs> uh, I have completed every single card. Every single reverse, every single shiny, full art, everything in that set. All the promos, everything. And it took a while. It took a lot of money because I didn't go out there. I didn't go out there and, like, purchase the individual cards from, like, eBay or, or, uh, you know, any of those other ways of of getting them or trading them or anything. Uh, I was able to, like, pull – last week I pulled the last card I needed out of a pack. And I wasn't filming. And I was like, oh, well, that's – what are the chances, right? Um, so I made a video kind of just opening some more packs for fun and then saying, oh, look, I got the last card and and uh, completed my binder. And it felt so good to finish something for once because that's the first set since I was like a kid that I fully spent time completing, like actually putting together and pulling every single individual card. And, um, yeah, it's it's time consuming. It definitely costs a lot of money, and it's, it's definitely tougher, the, the, the sets that get bigger, because it has a full set in there, mm-hmm. right? Then there's Shiny Vault. <laughs> which is a whole subset within that set, which is, makes it three times as hard because of <laughs> how hard it is to pull some of those cards in there. Um, but it, it, it's fun. It definitely keeps you chasing, and it gives you a, a purpose and a journey to to complete some of them. But, yeah, when, when you're dealing with a large set like Cosmic 
and then dealing with Sword and Shield about to release, and then you're maybe let's say spending time between those collecting both of those in a couple months. The the next yeah. set right, you know comes out, and it's like oh well, I'm not done with the other ones yet. And if you're trying to complete them, then you're doing three sets at one time, and it's it becomes borderline impossible to keep up unless you stick on one set or you just go crazy on a set right away. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely hard. I I do think they're probably gonna keep it around a little over 200 for a while and slowly build it back up by the end of the sword and shield era um so it, it's just kind of a, a wait and see at this point what sword and shield is going to do because all we have is the current set and some slight information about uh v max rising in japan yeah. uh so we don't know the full what's going to happen after sword and shield just yet but i i don't think it's impossible to think that there could be a 300 plus set eventually not 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 including reverse in general i'm just Just saying like the the number at the bottom being over 300 laughing pikachu would you say that like back in the xy era let's say that Mm -hmm. for example did you find it hard to complete a set even back then i mean i think it was always a challenge to complete a set i think that's what makes collecting so rewarding but i think that it was definitely easier to complete a set back then than it is now and i think that uh, for me, at least, the difference of the size in the sets actually made me want to, like, stop trying to complete every single set, um, which is, you know, just, I don't know, like, I, I kind of wish that um, sets were honestly smaller, even though it's cool to see, you know, the, the full art version and the hyper rare version of all these different cards, and they're gorgeous. Like, I, I don't know that we really need all of those different variations of, you know, the same card, essentially. And so um, I think that it definitely like the larger sets was something that turned me away from like trying to collect complete sets but i think that um from pokemon's perspective like they're making so much when you know they have larger sets you have to purchase more packs in order to try and complete the set or you have more demand for you know the various sets and you want more you know you can put the packs into more like products and more boxes and collections. Yeah. And so I think that they're going to continue to expand the sets. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if sets continue to get bigger and, you know, we one day do see a 300 card set just because, you know, from Pokemon's perspective, I, I don't think that it's necessarily like hurting them or hurting, you know, their business yeah. model. And, and then o- over it in gets... Japan, they have smaller sets. So mm-hmm. it's, it's when it, yeah, they'll, They'll split them and divide yeah, them. Yeah, and, and it's when it comes yeah. time for, you know, like the rest of the world, they kind of have to take all of that and put it into one set. So that's why our sets seem to keep getting bigger. Mm-hmm. It's definitely harder in the fall uh, because every every fall we get the, uh, the holiday set uh, that comes mm-hmm. out. And last year, obviously, Hidden Fates. Uh, but it didn't just release in between uh, Unified Minds and Cosmic Eclipse. It came out... It started trickling out the same month as Unified Minds, just three weeks later. And it kind of just became my full attention. Like, Unified Minds I was hyped for, but then, you know, a couple weeks in, Hidden Fates comes out, and it's like, well, I want to focus on that, and that's such a hard set. And then right away, it's like, boom, here's the biggest set Mm -hmm. ever. And I, I definitely last year was very hard to focus between those three sets that I completely gave up on collecting unified minds. And it just, it was just very hard to focus on. So I guarantee at some point this year with the holiday set, it it could be like that again, where there's three sets that are all around the same time that are potentially large sets. Uh, Laughing Pikachu. So you obviously, you know, 
in the past few months, you haven't uploaded as much um, mm-hmm. as you were years ago, obviously. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that you heard about all the buzz about Hidden Fates. Mm-hmm. Right. Did, did that did that set make you kind of want to jump back in a little bit? It did. Yeah. So funny story with that. So like really for the past like year almost, I've been very spotty with uploads, maybe like one or two a month, honestly, not uploading very frequently. And it was when Hidden Fates came out. That's when I kept watching other people's videos and I actually like went to stores trying to find packs and at first when that set came out I just could not find packs and so um, I'm fortunate enough where Pokemon sends me stuff occasionally and I know Mm -hmm. they send you stuff too but I literally like sent them an email I'm like hi I'm obsessed with this set can you please get me some hidden face and (laughs) they ended up like sending me a box full of packs and stuff but like that set is amazing and I love it and um, yeah, that was like definitely, I hadn't been that excited about a set in a really long time. And so, uh, yeah, I left, I definitely appreciated that set a lot. Yeah. There's, there's something about that set and I don't even think it's the shiny Charizard. There is just something about that set that mm-hmm. makes people go crazy and rightfully so <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. and it's not, there's not like a crazy amount of playable cards in it either when it comes to competitive, um, mm-hmm. No, because the majority of them are yeah. repressed. So it's just something people love to chase right there. There's your proof right there. People love to chase. And uh, Hidden Fates is that proof. I mean, it, it's a great yep. set. So hopefully we see more things like that in the future. And if any of you have a question that you'd like to send in to the Shadowless Podcast that we might possibly answer in the future, you can do so at shadowlesspodcast at gmail.com. We are at the end of the episode, and Laughing Pikachu, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to the, what, almost two and a half hours out of your day (laughs) to come on here and just talk with us and just have a good time. And uh, like I said, I couldn't think of a better first guest for the podcast. So (laughs) Thank you. It's it's been awesome. I'm really honored to to be y'all's first guest. And yeah, I hope you guys continue to just do amazing things with this podcast and with your channels. And I'm so excited to see where you guys take things next. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you I appreciate much. it. And uh, once again, if you want to find any of us, um, Jordan, where can we find you? You can find me uh, on the internet, <laughs> Jordan Fringe. You can find me on YouTube making Pokemon content. You can find me on Instagram at JordanFringe94 doing Pokemon content. I'm just, I'm everywhere doing Pokemon content. Let's you be are. real. <laughs> you are. And if you want to find me, youtube.com slash realbreakingnate or just search realbreakingnate on YouTube and then all my social media is realbreakingnate. So go follow me on TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. And <laughs> let me, uh, let me uh, yeah. remind you all to make sure you leave a rating or a review on the podcast. Help us bop to the top of the charts. I always have to put in a high school musical <laughs> reference somewhere in the podcast. <laughs> so help us bop to the top <laughs> with this podcast. And Laughing Pikachu, where can we find you? Yeah, I guess technically on YouTube, but then also, I guess, outside of YouTube. Um, just the collab with Zaba is going to be released on Zaba TV's website and then also on Instagram, Fawcett.Hannah. We have come to the end, and I want to ask you... Uh, a favor, a favor, sure. Laughing Pikachu. To end the podcast, can can you end the podcast like you end a YouTube video? <laughs> I can. I would love to. Um, all right. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Take I'm us out. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for joining us for the podcast. And don't ever be ashamed to be you because you are your own type of beautiful. Bye, guys. Bye.